You won't. Ah, you did. Oh, I did. Hey, I said <laughs> I was going to hit the button. Look at that. I didn't believe you. Sometimes well, you It's another Monday, and we're here together, you and I-T-Y. That's a unity. What's with all the little words underneath your names, guys? It's yeah. me and my horse, Chonko. I don't know what that is. I, did I do that? I didn't do that. There's still no printer. What does that even mean? God, fucked if it's I know. Fun. You put it there. I didn't do anything. Tony did it, probably. I don't do shit, man. What is that even? Can, can we even edit that? Can you edit Oh, that? hey, look at that. How do you oh, get rid of that? Kevin, get rid of that for me, please. I wish I could. You're the, come on, producer. <laughs> these are these are options I have not fiddled with at this point. Ah, oh, there you go. How'd you do that, Matt? I'm assuming that was Matt. I went in and hit edit name and headline. Apparently, we could give a old donut. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you can give yourself a headline. I miss Donut Belly. Uh, old Donut Sample. Belly. Founder of Creative. She was hot, dude. I don't care what Evan says. Yeah, her and her old donut belly. Right? Oh. Kelly Klein, right? That's who that was? Kelly, Kelly Klein, Klein was old donut belly. Kelly Klein was a sexy looking lady. I don't know yeah, what Tony Yeah, she was very attractive. Old donut belly. <laughs> Why are you getting rid of nicknames, bro? <laughs> this is too much. It's the too, only good thing about StreamYard too, left. Don't take act, it away from little, us. A little too active. A little too active for me. Oh, come the on. only good thing left. Come on, the audio sucks. They're throwing your fucking internet out the window. I mean, what else is there to do? Yeah, they're really butchering. I don't know. I, I I figured out my internet. We're good. I had no issues last week. I had no issues on Thursday when I recorded the latest Bread Club. How's Kieran doing? He's great. That's awesome. It's great. We had to change things around because my life has been in disarray the last week and a oh, half. No. Disarray. Ah, oh, it's just busy, man. Just busy. Yeah, Tony, disarray, that array. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place. All over the rays. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had to work today. I had to work uh, this afternoon, so I could, we couldn't do uh, old bread club. Because before we usually would do it, he's still at work. And then when I got home from work, it'd be like 10 o'clock at night for him. I could have filled in. I watched the show. Well, we we did it Thursday afternoon, oh, which right. uh, made me watch the show. Oh, yeah. uh, what did it air Wednesday morning? I watched it Wednesday night. So I was f- fresh in my brain. Oh, look at that. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah, so we had a good time. Nice. So that's up now. It's available on Fightful Overbooked. You can check out the latest episode of the Bread Club. And we're going to talk about wrestling Don Taku tonight. That's right. We're going to talk about Backlash. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk with ECW legend, the giant Paul Loria. Well, we got uh, down the aisle with Kate from Fightful. Oh, Fight Club. We're going to aggravate the fuck out of Tony and talk some AEW. That's right. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, you're all about the four pillars, Tony. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm sticking up my ass. Huh. All four at the same time? Well, you can go school. simultaneous hey, or in and out opposites. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like turning the stool up. This one. Wow, is Kevin making hand job motions tonight? He, he was. Because the four pillars. I'm Listen, I'm in a good mood. I watched well, a lot of wrestling years for us to rub off on them. 
I'm not rubbing off on him. Remember, I tried to fly out there. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Only Diana. Oh. 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 Hey. Come on hey. Now. Unacceptable, oh, Jesus, dude. Unacceptable. Dude, holy shit, bro. You were like much? leading the fucking charge to go get frozen fucking chocolate bananas for your mother. I the... saw Diana's bananas. I thought you guys were gonna chuckle out of it. That was for private your consumption. Mother. I have to show some respect. You keep hitting the buttons when she comes on, and you blame it on me. Yeah, yeah fucking all your job, Harry, up here. Throw me and my mom under the bus. I don't You're like the this. Shit. You really are. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for Good who? Old Tony. For you. Uh, I was going to say, and and uh, listen here. Oh, great! Mots. This fucking listen, hand job after you made us watch that abomination last week. Listen, Motzbach, I'm going to tell you one thing. All right, go screw. Give him the old what for, HK. Stay the fuck off my turf. All right, all right. <laughs> Stay off my fucking turf. All right. There's a line. Uh oh. You do not cross it. All right. You're lucky that I'm telling you. I'm eye to eye with you. Look at me, motherfucker. Look at me. <laughs> All right. You're lucky I didn't call you and bring you on the show live. All right. You know what you did? Don't do it again. Uh, I do a little fucky fucky. Oh, do no, I care no. about this? Uh, no, not okay. at all. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. Okay. All Bobby, right. what are you doing? Brilliant. <laughs> didn't think That's I was gonna didn't think I was gonna cut oh. there. Oh, <laughs> oh, she wants to know you call that sweet woman your turf. Now, first of all, respect to your wonderful wife for calling Diane a sweet woman, even though she birthed this fucking monstrosity below me. Um, below me too, pal. Hey, all right. All right, some intro music. Dogs barking. We got a great big show, a lot of fun tonight. Well, still getting comfortable here. Oh, no, what's wrong? No, I'm sorry. Take your time, sir. Take all the time you need. Get comfortable. <laughs> you were really po- almost in your Paul Heyman voice when he said that. Take your time. Take sir. your time. The tribal chief loves you. Yes, he, he does. does. I'll leave you the room, Matt, so you can pontificate and get comfortable. You know what? Let's leave Matt the room. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, God damn, I'm looking pretty. Pretty Hey, the fuck? Wait, wait, that for long. That's enough. That's, That's enough. enough. <laughs> you lost the buddy again, Matt. Well, it's Monday night, and you know what's not enough? The Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. You never get enough of this show. We got a lot of fun. The ECW legend, not alumni, a lot of alumnus, not whatever other fucking disparaging things you have to say about him, handsome Kevin. Legend. Let oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're going right under the bus tonight, buddy. I didn't. I said no such this thing. Paul, this Paul guy. I oh, said gentleman. Stay off of his turf, Kevin. Gentleman. Rude. Milwaukee Tom. He's trying to hook up with other people's mother, stealing your gimmick. You son of a bitch. The Devils are down two one. Tony's got a horse named Chonko. It's all here next. What episode is this? Six hundred and thirty-six in a row. Kicks. Episode 636. Boom.
The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live in high-definition video and available on all podcasting and streaming platforms. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com. And become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. And now, it's time for the Shining Wizards. Shaka, my dudes, it's the beach boat, Freddy Flamingo, and you're listening to the Shining Wizards. What's up, fuckers? From the motherfucking Shining Wizards. Grab his dick and twist it! Dummy. Yeah. No! Fuck no! You cocksucker! Well! Shining Wizards rule the world! are tuned in live to episode number 636 of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Coming to you live on all social media platforms and going with you each and every place you go because we are available on all streaming and podcast platforms. And we got some loaded stuff to get to tonight. So let's just jump right into the wrestling talk. And talk about wrestling. Tony. Matt. Handsome Kevin. Kay. J.G. Well, as I'd say and I'd ask what's going on, but quite frankly, I don't give a shit. We got Paul Loria joining us. I'm fucking more excited than put in your euphemism of choice. We got Kate the Great joining us for a little down the aisle action. That's right. Why would you? Why don't you? Why won't you care about how we're doing? I don't give a fuck. Hmm. Handsome Kevin, how are you tonight? Doing fan. Fantastic. How are you, Tony? Because I do care. I'm doing quite well. Listen, I didn't mean for my mother to cause you any lady problems at home. You know, there's enough uh, there's enough women to go around for the HK. Let's just put it out there. You ain't kidding. <laughs> oh, shouldn't have said it that way either. <laughs> you know, no worries, like man. This. No you... worries. I'm sure. I'm sure everything will be just fine here. Just fine. You got it. You got it smile on your face your cheeks are nice and red tonight like you've been you've been exercising like you you got a glow to you man you got a glow today thank you for noticing good nice red like you've been exercising yeah like he's been like putting in the effort putting in the time putting in the hours like the rock yeah the rock yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah or maybe like paul loria (laughs) tonight's guest sounds like a shampoo Oh, it does. Yeah, Peloria. Sounds like a disease, bro. (laughs) That too. Listen, I can't make the show tonight. I'm suffering from Peloria. Yeah, my Peloria is really acting up. All shampoos kind of do, don't they? It's like, oh, man, I tested positive for Pantene. That's absolutely a thing. When I'm not feeling fresh, I reach for the Peloria. (laughs) It could be anything. You can really make it anything. Be careful of possible side effects of Peloria. Itchy crotch. (laughs) <laughs> leprosy <laughs> possible oh, tumors oh. protruding from your eyeballs 
went out hunting and caught myself one gigantic Peloria. <laughs> Please do not take Peloria if you suffer from pregnancy issues. <laughs> Peloria should not be <laughs> taken with your HIV medication. It also, it also could be like a supermarket. Welcome to Peloria. <laughs> Peloria, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a state capital. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Paul Loria joining us tonight. <laughs> All the way from Peloria, Massachusetts. Peloria is right, almost well, like Valhalla for like a religion, you know, like you're going to reach Peloria when you die. <laughs> for a while, I thought her name was Peloria. <laughs> <laughs> Only the greatest ECW alumni when they pass from this, from this, from this mortal uh, strictures. They they get to join the rest of their brethren in Peloria, <laughs> Illinois, right next to Champaign. <laughs> it's next to Pittsburgh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you ever meet a tough guy from Peloria? <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, gabagool! <laughs> I'm glad everybody's doing well. Uh, we hope you out there listening are in a great space. You're enjoying the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Let's get on that shit, people. We got to bump this algorithms up. We're not doing great in Japan. We're like number seven. We got to be number one. Austria. Austria. What are we doing, Austria? Come on, uh, Kratzo. Get your stuff together. And fuck it, the United States, it's abysmal. We're not, I mean, come on, people. No, I heard we have a fantastic following in Peloria. Yeah, but they're just not listening in the iTunes, which is what the Chartable uh, Digest uh, uh, tracks. Oh, Peloria could be a streaming platform, too. Check us out oh, on it? Spotify, Peloria, Audio <laughs> it literally could be anything, Tony. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Peloria is the oyster of the world, man. I want to know if you're going to bring this Peloria energy to Paul Loria when he shows up at 730. You're going to put your fucking tail between your legs and not say anything like you usually do during these interviews. That's just hurtful, bro. Well, I want to know. Who was the last person... The Who giant Paul Loria stops now. Who decided with that with that liner too? By the way, that's What's all that? Tony. Freddie Flamingo. Oh, Freddie Flamingo, friend of the show. Yeah, right. and his horse Chanko. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we Freddie out? Is he out of the club? No, no I, I, it was. It, he hasn't wrestled in like ten years. It's okay. His spirit and his and his liner live on. Yeah, he's one of the liners we have where we don't have to worry about anyone canceling us for his past aggressions. Amen. There's not too many of those left. No, we're fucking running out of them. Oh, boy. So you better bring that energy to Paul Loria in 26 minutes, all right? Paul Loria. Paul Loria, bro. We got to bring this up with him. Disrespect the giant. No, we don't have to bring it up. It'll be our running. No, you do. Just call him Peloria. Don't say Paul Loria. <laughs> Just keep first going. Ten minutes of the show, busting this guy's balls. He's not even here to defend himself. It's so Peloria, how do you com- know Mikey it, Whipwreck? It's a compliment because it's like his name flows into like one long word. His first and last name, like literally, just go together and form one super Voltron name. Peloria. Like, it's like, like <laughs> Peloria. Like it's it's it's. I'll, I'll say it. I don't care. What the hell do I care? Might be a giant, but it's fucking Peloria. That's all. So Peloria, just address him as Peloria. It's just not a Paul, not Mr. Peloria. Like, hey Peloria, do you ever shit your pants? Yeah. Hey Peloria, <laughs> do you ever eat raw chonko? 
Hey, Plory, you ever seen a Rock and Roll Express's balls? You ever smell Vader's gear, Ploria? <laughs> Does Jason make you itchy, Ploria? And do you use That's Ploria on your Ploria? <laughs> hey, Ploria, you ever call 911? <laughs> hey, Ploria, I got no respect. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother is right. I like this. Mrs. Rogue is hanging out tonight. Hi, Mrs. Rogue. How are you? Uh, oh, she's I'm pissed crying. off. Is she? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think she's pissed off. Uh, I think she's mad she's at you for nervous. disrespecting the sweet Mama Tony. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. That's right. I don't think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And that, by the way, didn't have like a down two-one, but they won yesterday pretty decisively. So yeah, they lost pretty decisively the other night too. But it's good news. The most recent turn of events is good news. So I just want to shout out the NJ Devils, baby. Let's go tomorrow night. See, See, Tony, no worries. No worries. All right, cool. Never. Never is a strong word. What a wonderful phrase. She she ain't lying. She never gets mad at you. I'm sure she might here and there, but uh, we've never had like an actual like argument fight. You never beat her is what you're trying to tell me. Oh. Wow, that went zero to sixty real fast. I was gonna say you might want to Christ, find dude. different words there, buddy. No, no, that's, that's it. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> that's good. Then. Can never beat you either. From like, from like gross, uncomfortable talking about like naughty parts to uh, beating women, okay. and uh, he was doing this before. Yeah. Wait, does Kevin have a liner in the bank? We may have to delete that. I don't know. <laughs> it just it seems like a like there, there's no gradual p- progression. Nope. It's just uh-huh. like, nah, this morning Kevin woke up and he's a new man. I woke up with no, no filter from my it's brain like a, to my mouth today. Dirtbag like the rest of us now. It kind of fucks up our flow. No, 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 no. It'll end quickly. I'll, I'll regain my equilibrium. And no, I'll, don't, I'll be, don't. I'll be good Kevin again. I'll be good, Kevin. <laughs> I kind of like edgy Kevin. Edgy Kevin has balls. Hey, I don't know. Around. Coffee shop Kevin might be my favorite. Coffee shop Kevin's a great Kevin. <laughs> well, you know, it's a great segment. What's that? For the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Uh-oh. Over the top, boy! Uh, a little WWE backlash. Bianca Belair defeated EO Sky. Seth Rollins defeated Omos. Austin Theory defeated Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Rhea Ripley defeats Selena Vega. Bad Bunny defeats Damian Priest. The Bloodline defeats Kevin Owens, Matt Riddle, and Sami Zayn. Cody Rhodes defeats Brock Lesnar on NXT. Wes Lee defeated Drew Gulak. JC Jane defeated Gigi Dolan. Axiom defeats Scripps. JD McDonough defeats Dragon Lee. Joe Gacy in a Battle of the Joes defeated Joe Coffey. Danny Palmer defeated Tatum Paxley and Elba Fire. And Isla Don defeated Katana Chance. And Caden Carter. Tony, take me over the top. Carrots were once purple. My carrot still turns purple every now and then. So you ate too many. Wait, what? How? Why? 
his carrot, Matt. Yeah, no, I get it. Because when it stops getting oxygen, it starts turning purple. (laughs) Massive, throbbing, angry. Purple. Purple, not like a dark red. Purple. No, purple, bro. Like the color of royalty. King Dong, baby. (laughs) You've heard of the pink torpedo. Now he's got the purple carrot. Kev, you could steal these jokes for your comeback, by the way. Nope, 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 nope. Listen, I've already, I already feel bad about the stuff I've already done in the show tonight, so I'm taking a couple steps back until Peloria joins back. us. Well, we're taking a couple steps forward. AEW Dynamite Wednesday night. Adam Cole, Bandito, Orange Cassidy, and Roderick Strong de- defeated the JAS. Soraya with Ruby Soho and Tony Storm defeated Willow Nightingale. The Trace de Mayo Trios Battle Royal was won by Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. Thankfully, there was a non-title match for Wardlow. He defeated Logan LaRue. Ricky Starks defeated Juice Robinson. And in your main event, with the main event of Double or Nothing hanging in the air, Darby Allin and Jungle Man Jack Perry they defeated MJF and Sammy Guevara to make it a four pillars match at double or nothing. Over on Rampage, the Lucha Brothers and El Hijo del Vikingo, they defeated QTV, Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Tobbs, and QT Marshall. And another non-title match, Jade Cargill successfully defended her TBS championship against... Gia Scott, how is it non-title if she successfully defended her title, you hand job? <laughs> I don't write them. I just read them. Mark Briscoe defeats Preston Van. He didn't write that, though. Oh, is that Brunden? Shut up. And in your main event, the firm deletion match, the Hardys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy defeated the firm of Big Bill, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, and Stokely Hathaway. Tony, take it over the top. Brian Pillman once tricked Eric Bischoff into releasing him. And in local news, KJG never has to trick the Benelli sisters for a release. That's a great friends line. Of, Fuck you. Friends of the show, Benelli sisters. The flying uh, Benelli. You know what they have? You know what they're chock full of, Tony? Honor. And that means that we're talking about Ring of Honor on Honor Club, where uh, in a pure rules match, Rocky Romero defeats Lee Mariotti with Big Bill ROH Women's World Title Proving Ground match. Athena defeats Angelica Risk ROH World Television Title match. Samoa Joe defeats Christopher Daniels, and in the ROH World title match, Claudio Casanoli defeats Robbie Eagles. Uh, what is this? Uh, best friends Chuck Taylor and Tremperetta, Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Sue Grayson. What a weird team. When I saw this graphic, I was like, what? Uh, yep. Defeats the Kingdom and the Varsity Athletes. Uh, that's that. Preston Vance defeats Richard Donis. Sky Blue defeats Robin Renegade. Brian Cage defeats Brock Anderson. Willow Nightingale defeats Steph Delander. Commander defeats Angelico. Uh, Joni, take us over the top. Yeah, just do it. If I were a female wrestler and I was even handed with advice, my name would be Charlotte Fair. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. All right. Tony, that made an impact on me. And uh, we're going to make an impact with Thursday night's Impact <laughs> Wrestling. Brian Myers and Moose defeated Bupinder Gujar and Yuya Yumiura. Sammy Callahan defeats Big Khan uh, by disqualification. Jody Threat defeats Alicia Edwards. Heath, PCO, and Rhino defeat Champagne Singh, Shira, and Steve Macklin. Jonathan Gresham defeats Mike Bailey in a certified banger. Tony, give us a certified banger and take it over to the top. Hornswoggle has more Royal Rumble eliminations than Tensai. That little bastard. <laughs> what about, wait, are you just Tensai or not Albert? Yeah, none of them. You're just counting Tensai? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably only in one Rumble. And Hornswoggle. Yeah. But I would yep. assume Prince Albert. He's in a can. You better let him out. You never know, Matt. Albert, really? As as A-Train, maybe, but not as Prince Albert. How many more of these we got? I want to make sure I save the best for last. Two. All right, good. Go. Keep going. On NWA Power. EC3 defeats Carnage. M95 defeats the Hollywood Blondes. Chris Adonis defeats Scion. Camille defeats Natalia Markova. Angel. Oh. Yep. All right. Hold on. Yep. Yeah. On on NWA USA, the, spectacular, oh! <laughs> the Spectaculars defeat Eric Jackson and Rolando Freeman. Angelina Love defeats Kylie Page. Judas and Max the Impaler defeat the Miserably Faithful. Tony, over the top, me bad. Dolphins sleep with one eye open, but unlike Matt, they can't grip anything tight. <laughs> Still hung up on your over the top for Tenson. <laughs> Tensai, you dummy. Whatever. <laughs> Not Hiroshi Tenson. I bet I bet your hornswoggle's got more eliminations in the rumble than he does, too. Well, yeah. Dude. <laughs> Don't fucking listen, you motherfucker. Don't actually be put in a lot of work for these stupid fucking things. These stupid fucking things. No. Oh, Time no. out. Let's fucking. Oh get no. Oh no. Ah, well, yes. Good, good evening, Diana. I uh, I hope this Monday again finds you well. Oh, you couldn't do the. I think we could probably help you. We wait a minute. What? Wait a wait 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 wait. Are we really doing this? I got to bring you jackasses back in. Can we? Are we really doing this? Can we send this to my to Diana? Oh, I already sent it to Diana. <laughs> I told you last week she's not going to be able to figure this out. Because my phone's not ringing right now. So, Tony, you only have one over the top left? Yeah, uh, of course. All right, so, Matt, why don't you go to – are we doing NJ, New Japan for over the top or no? Yeah, I was, I was going to. Yeah, so go for it. Skip. We'll skip MLW and just hit New Japan. Oh, my God. Uh, I was trying. Uh-oh, this, should Miley leave the room? Oh, this is going to get hot and heavy in here. Oh, that's uh, Maybe that's a wizard after dark type of situation. Yeah, it's already steaming up in here. <laughs> a new Japan pro wrestling, wrestling Dantaku. Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, Yo, and Yoshihashi defeated the team of House of Torture, Dick to Go, Evil Show, and Yujiro Takahashi. The United Empire, Great Okan, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis defeated TMDK, Fujita, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Haste. <laughs> the Intergalactic Jet 
Jet <laughs> Setters, <laughs> Kevin Knight and Kushida, along with Black Shota Umino, defeated the United <laughs> Empire, Aaron Hanare, Francisco Akira, and TJP. Just five guys, Doki, Taichi, and Kanamura, defeated Los Ingrenobles de Japón, Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Naito. The New Japan Strong Openweight title saw Hikuleo successfully defeat Kenta to become the third champion in the history of the New Japan Strong Openweight title. Your New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television title match, Zack Sabre Jr. wrestled Jeff Cobb to a 15-minute time limit draw. Say limit again, Matt. Your never openweight six-man tank titles change hands as the team of Chaos, Okada, Big Tom Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Strong Style, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Ren Narita. Your never openweight title changed hands as David Finley laid out Tamatanga. And in the main event, the IWGP World Heavyweight title was successfully defended as Sonata vanquished Hiromu Takahashi. Tony, take us over the top. There are 420 words for snow in Scotland, but there's only one word for wrestling fans. Losers! I don't know why I have to go after the wrestling fans every time. Because it's part of the gimmick, bro. Yeah, Matt, don't you do that like every day on Twitter? No, my well, love pretty, pretty quiet on Twitter. Right. I do have to ask you. I watched Backlash yesterday. I had all right. Let's get into it, baby. I had some time um, yesterday when I got home. A very busy week at work, and a very very busy week coming up. And I wasn't really like I wanted to watch TV, but I didn't know what I wanted to watch. So I was like, you know what? Let me see Backlash, Puerto Rico. I'm sure the crowd was like super fired up for it. Is this drone thing new? Hey! Hey! I'm not you, sure what you mean by. She's not gonna be able thing. to hear you guys though. What can I hear you? I hear you. Yeah, you can hear me. Try to get on the link. Matt wants to talk. Uh, no. Kevin wants to talk to you. Okay. Yeah, that Kevin. No, I mean I'll talk to you too, but the other Kevin. Well, they can't hear you, so it's not gonna work. So you got to do the link. I don't. I can't do it. I did it twice. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll all right. I'll talk to you I later. Had to a, I had to get a code number and all that. <laughs> you want to say hi to Kevin? He can hear you. Kevin. Well, good evening, Diana. She can't hear you, bro. It's all right. Wait. All right, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. Behave. Watch your mouth with those words. My God. Yeah, what the fuck, Tony? Bye. <laughs> she said. She said Matt better watch his mouth too. Oh, look at that. Um, the drone. They flew a drone into the arena, and then they did like drone shots. Yeah. It that's was the, that's the, the first time I, I've uh, I've seen them do that. All right. Doesn't AEW do that? Or Not to my knowledge. Over, or do they just do like over the top of the ring shot? Over yeah, the top. <laughs> they do a shot from like over the top. This was like, like I was watching it and the screen was like doing this and the drone was fucking flying over the crowd like for Bad Bunny's entrance. And yeah. it's fucking tripping me out. I didn't That's like so it. weird, Matt. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. And I watched oh, the entire sorry. show. Didn't even put two and two together. That it was a drone. You didn't notice the screen was moving. <laughs> nope. Was the room also spinning while you were watching it, Kevin? <laughs> well, what okay, was going so on? Funny. Kevin oh. was having. Kevin was throwing a few back with the Benelli sisters. <laughs> oh, 
I watched I watched this uh I watched it today at work. I didn't didn't even notice it. Interesting. What do you guys think of uh we got a, uh, only a couple minutes before Paul Loria joins us, but what did you guys think of Backlash? What I saw was pretty good. Two thumbs up, baby. Yeah, I I thought it was a it was a fantastic event. Anytime anytime Savio Vegas there, I'm in. That was that was that that made me rock hard, but no, I thought start to finish the show was extremely enjoyable. Savio made you hard, bro. I he said, was on he was on MLW like every week for like the past two years. I said did, what I said. Why don't you just get boners from watching fucking uh, what the hell network is it? Even? I, don't I don't even know what network it's on anymore. Reels, reels, reels. That's it. I think it's going back to YouTube now. Yeah, is it already off reels? Because reels became part of like Peacock. Peacock. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Run. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, MLW suing WWE anyway. So, you know, why Savio Vega? I fucking love Savio Vega. You mean why it makes him hard? All right. That was fucking weird that you both were like, we love Savio Vega. Because he's I, I don't I don't have a great affinity for him. I just think it made perfect sense for being there. Oh, I didn't mean why Savio Vega there. I mean, why the love for Savio Vega? Oh, yes, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love Savio Vega. Oh, yes, you do. What do you mean? We discuss Savio Vega, all right? <laughs> don't, don't you backtrack. No, no, no. You're going to have to remind me. If I said that I love, but like love is, is strong. I liked his work. Did I you make Maricos. a fucking case for Savio Vega in the Hall of Fame, Handsome Kevin? Perhaps. Oh my fucking god! What are we doing? We're just let. What's the, end- the problem? We'll just We're let anyone making- on the show now. We're oh making Patreon god. content, dude. Savio Vega. What's your problem with Savio Vega? He dun, sucks. Dun, dun, dun. He really? does not suck. Oh my god! You suck. How do you feel Ooh. about Quang, Matt? Quang just as bad. Oh, okay, that's unfortunate. Come on. Really, Savio Vega? Not even a little Absolutely. better than Savio? The only thing about Savio Vega that I hated was his fucking gear when he came in. And he wore jeans and the fucking Christmas stripe vertical stripe shirt. Hmm. And so that was the only thing that... But, yo, but he was... he was. So I love the Bariquas because I love that whole stable gang warfare thing. But, dude, he's he's a freaking legend in Puerto Rico. Yeah. All right, Mott's I want to be Puerto Rican after watching this show. Motspock brings up an interesting point. If Hillbilly Jim's in the Hall of Fame, Savio Vega sure as shit deserves to be in. <laughs> Savio Vega did not sing "Don't Go Mensa with a Country Boy." Uh, looks like uh, looks like Tom has totally redeemed himself. Jesus Brian? Fucking... <laughs> I'm in the show. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, are you ever? <laughs> you should be proud of your mom. Yeah. I'm always proud Don't of you, Mom. Your head. I can't believe I did this. Oh, oh I can't believe it either, Mom. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm on live? Yeah. yeah. You put on, right? <laughs> no, I'm just laying down. <laughs> well, you're naked? Oh, Come on, you got clothes on, don't you? A nightgown. Oh, I can't tell. Yeah, I can see your shoulders. I got nervous. Oh Jesus Christ, Ma! Really? <laughs> That's a good place for a freeze, Ma. Don't be embarrassed. I'm your mother. Remember. Good Lord! Yeah, I know. I'm reminded on a daily basis. All right, enough. Gee, that's enough. How much do you see? You can't see nothing. Well, what are you, John Cena? 
<laughs> oh God, she's got the glasses off. HK, she's making a move. How you doing, my I friend? That. I see no, that. Like, I have to wear them for seeing, so I can see everybody. <laughs> seeing is important. I don't important. need to see you, Ma. <laughs> nice, real nice. You're the one showing them the goods. What do you want me to say? I didn't show no goods. I don't see my goods on there. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Ma. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh my god, the views are going up like crazy. Oh my god. New Diana Patreon content coming. (laughs) Any comments? Oh yeah, they're coming in. They're coming in fast. Oh my god. Oh my god. So what'd you have for dinner tonight, Ma? Anything good? Come on, stop it! Are you drinking again? Oh, I wish. I need a a shot and a beer. You want to meet our guest? You want to meet the giant Paul Loria? Who? Yeah, this guy. Hey, Paul, this is my mom. Mom, this is Paul Loria, the giant. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. You guys don't want to let me go now. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not doing as well as you are. Oh. I think that I think their viewership just went down when I showed up. So maybe I can go and let you go. No, Paul, you're good. She's still here. Go to town. <laughs> this is great TV. This is extreme. <laughs> so, Ma, what, how much you drink tonight? A, a couple? You throw a couple back? A few shots Absolute, of beers? Absolutely nothing. No, Nothing. no, just high on life one. tonight, huh? I'm always happy. You know that, mommy. I happy. know that. I wasn't expecting you to show everybody the goods. You hear that, Tony? Mommy's always happy. Nothing. All right, I'm covered. Oh my god! Took us. 11 and a half years, 636 <laughs> episodes, and this is this is where we're at. Yeah, see, this is more fun my than what you're talking about. <laughs> an ECW legend and my mother in a nightgown. <laughs> I'm tapping. I'm tapping. I'm pretty sure she's more over right now. Go, go with it. You guys are crazy, crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> are you sticking around, Ma? You want to stay a while? Uh, no, I think I showed enough tonight. Hey, we'll we'll see you next week, Diana. All right. Nice to meet everybody. Yes. You have a wonderful evening. Good night, Mom. Bye, guys. Holy shit. How do I get out of here? Let's see if you did that. The next hour of the show is going to be. There it is. This just be my favorite podcast ever. (laughs) I kicked her from the studio. Okay. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, my God. Paul, I don't know how you're going to follow this, but. I mean, no idea how I'm supposed to follow that, but let's go for it. Let's have some fun. Holy Thank shit. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. We appreciate the time. Uh, I, was, I was super excited when I found you online. You asked me what made made me reach out to you, and I was watching 1995 ECW, and my memory serves me correct. It was the first episode of 1995, which also I think was the first episode that we got in the New York, New Jersey area. Yes, the it first was. Thing yes. You see is Mikey. He's getting congratulated. Joey Styles is big year for, for Mikey. And then 
who's right there in the front row, his former tag team partner, former friend, not happy with Mikey's success, the giant Paul Laurier, and you were also all over the first ECW compilation tape I brought from RF Video. Wow, okay, yes. It was like, yeah. you know, like six episodes, and the giant Paul Laurier was in all of them, and it was like, I'm going to see if this guy's still around, because Roy's yeah. looking to talk to to any wrestlers and i was like this will be a great throwback and i found you online and now you're involved in in the current state of professional wrestling but you laid the groundwork in ecw so many years ago so i was just serendipitous it you know it is really interesting that that we connected when we did because if this was three months ago i probably would have told you you know I don't know what i could really share with you you know it was 25 28 actually 28 years ago um, but yeah, it was, it was about five months ago now that the, uh, Maximo brothers reached out to me that brought me back in. Uh, don't get me wrong. I still communicate a lot with, with the boys and, and a lot of the local talent. Um, Mikey Whipwreck and I are still, we're still good friends. And we had a, we had a history that stayed kind of like along the path the entire time, but I was away from wrestling for probably a solid 20 years where I have, I had no part of it outside of just supporting the local indies and stuff. Uh, so what, uh, so you were, we know 94 ECW, 95 ECW, a little bit in 96. And then you're kind of off. You're, you're out of the game. What happened? Honestly, it, it just, it wasn't for me. There's a backstory that never really gets shared. Because I didn't have the career Mikey had. Mikey went on to do WCW, come back to ECW, uh, is probably one of the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Unpredictable? No, more, more unappreciated trainers when it comes to wrestling. The guys he has trained that are on TV today that he really doesn't get the acknowledgement for. Amazing Red. Tony Nese, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Willow Nightingale, like Trent Beretta. These are all Mikey's kids. Jay Lethal. Um, there's so many of them that have come through after I stopped. But what happened after ECW was I just wasn't really built to do the whole wrestling on the road, you know, living. That was an ECW who had just started, but it started to pick up. That's when we first started to travel. Um, they started going out to Florida and then it was going on the road. And, and as a, I was only 20 something years old, I was actually still working a full-time job while traveling to Philly every weekend and wrestling. So what I did was I actually walked from ECW at the time and Mikey was picked up by WCW and we opened up a promotion in a school on Long Island uh, in the late nineties from 98 to like 2001. And that's where I kind of resided after the ECW run. So did you have any, did you have, were you training with, with, with Mikey at that point? You were, right? Is that what you just kind of said? So, well, training is the operative word. Mikey and I were never trained. We were two kids who had met backyard wrestlers and through a weird circumstance, the wrestling ring we built in a backyard. If you guys hear my dog, I'm sorry about that. Um, it was a wrestling ring we had in a backyard. And that guy who let us build the ring in his yard happened to know like one of those old 80s enhancement talents from WWE. 
and his name was Sonny Blaze. And Sonny was coming to Long Island. He was going to open up this wrestling school. And uh, guys of mine and Mike Thatcher were not common in wrestling in, in the early 90s. You didn't see five foot five and five foot seven guys wrestling. So we had gone to this facility. A friend of ours, Storm and Mike Norman, wanted to be a pro wrestler so bad. So we all went down there, and it was a he had a WWE ring in this in this building, and it was like the first time we ever saw a ring for real. But it it wasn't what we thought it was supposed to be. There's a really cool story if you ever want to research it about uh, about Bubba Ray Dudley, how he doesn't make reference to this school because Bubba Ray was one of the only other guys there the night we were there. And long story short is that we weren't really trained, but we did so much there. We were told no one would ever pay a dime to watch anybody our size ever wrestle. We couldn't join the school. It wasn't going to take our money. No one's going to pay a dime to see you. No promoter will ever hire you. But we were allowed to like hang out and do our thing. So eventually we just got our own set of keys. And me and Mikey and a few of our friends, we would literally meet up after work at like 11 o'clock at night go down to this gym and stay there to about four in the morning. And we were basically just self-taught training ourselves. We did get chances to work with different wrestlers that would come in here and there. Uh, Christopher Michaels was huge with helping us. Um, Primo Canera, who went on to ECW to be um, one of the, one of the FBI. He was one of like the, he's seven foot two. I don't know what they called him. I don't remember the name. And then it was a total shoot. The Joey Styles stuff was a shoot. We ended up getting called one night to say, hey, there's a company in Philadelphia called uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling that wants to rent, rent my ring. Can you guys drive it to Philly? You'll get to meet some wrestlers and be the ring crew. And that story of me and Mikey being ring crew and setting up and breaking down for the bingo nights when it was legit a bingo hall, that's all true. That's what we really did. Oh, but yeah, the, the, that FBI guy was Big Guido. Yes, yeah. Big Guido. Yes, is, is, is the school you're referring to? Is that is that NYWC or no? So NYWC is the school that came out of what Mikey and I created. Mikey and I created with a wrestler by the name of Storm and Mike Norman on Long Island a school called the HWA, the Hardcore Wrestling Alliance, and it was supposed to be a school that transitioned into a school slash promotion, except back in the nineties in New York, we didn't have a license to run shows. So we were running outlaw shows. Um, No promotion, no nothing. And we, this is where we had met kids like amazing red, uh, SAT, quiet storm. Vine. We had met a very, very young Joey Matthews and um, at the end, he was, yeah, it was Joey Matthews at the time, not Mercury and Christian York. York. And these guys were all coming in and wrestling with us before they ever went on to do anything else. Spanish Fly was created in the HWA. The, and here's a fun fact for you guys. The SAT, I gave them that name. That's why we work together today. No. And then the Shane O'Neill, who's the owner of NYWC, was our first student in the HWA. So when we closed down in 2001, he took the ring. He took the, he did his, he did basically the legit version with all the licensing, all the permits, everything in Deer Park. And for the last 20 years, that's what NYWC became. It started as HWA and it turned into NYWC. Any, uh, any interaction with, um, with uh, Hawkins and Ryder, Myers and Cardona or no? So, I literally just saw Matt Cardona a couple of weeks ago at an Outlaw Wrestling show. 
And Brian Myers, I haven't actually crossed paths with him yet. But it, uh, again, what's so interesting about the Northeast is, especially Long Island, is that when you look now at the predominant companies that are running, schools and promotions that are running on Long Island, they all come from the HWA, which was me and Mikey. NYWC, which is Shane O'Neill and Storm and Mike Norman is an owner now over there. Their student is Brian Myers, who owns Create a Pro, trained by Mikey Whipwreck. Amazing Red with House of Glory came from the HWA, trained by Mikey Whipwreck. Wrestling is now, which is me and the Maximo brothers from HWA and everybody else. So there is a there is this fun competitive thing, but you know, we all came from that same that same start. And we were running back in the 90s when HW was running. The only real other promotion that was kind of running along with us was the doghouse, which is where homicide and all those guys came from as well. And we had a great relationship with all those guys. It's uh, it's funny how wrestling works. Now it's come full circle. Your fingerprints are all over the indie scene in the tri-state area. And then you guys have the show coming up uh, in 10 days at uh, stereo garden in patch hog, New York, where you'll crown the first ever, uh, world heavyweight champion. Um, tell us a little bit about your involvement with uh, wrestling is now. So in, I want to say it was November of 2022. I got a phone call from Joel Maximo. Uh, and he had explained to me that he had this new promotion, the Maximo Rose has a new promotion called wrestling is now. And they had run a show in 2022. Uh, but it was kind of like, you know, really quick. It was in New Jersey. So in New Jersey, there's no athletic commission. So what happens in New Jersey a lot is that guys can pretty much, if you can get a ring and you get some wrestlers and you get a building, you run a show. There is no real, anybody can kind of do it. And they, and you know, I got to be honest with you, the matches were really, really good, but the show was pretty much a flop in the context of pre- presentation. It was in like an indoor soccer stadium. It didn't really have a big draw. There was probably, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a hundred people or so. So when you look at the matches, the matches in the ring, phenomenal. But the presentation, you could see this big soccer field behind it. It was like big open dead space. And Joel had reached out to me and said, you know, with our history and the things we did back in the HWA, I I always refer to basically the way my brain works when I come up with storylines and I book is very much the way they approach tag team wrestling. They went outside the box. They did not do what everybody else was doing. They were super innovative. They tried things. Not everything works, but they were just different. And that's how I approach wrestling. And we've always had this symbiotic relationship where we were always super tight. So when they had asked me and said, hey, listen, with the history we have, you gave us the name, the SAT. You created that gimmick. We really don't want to do this without with anybody else but you. And our relationship is so tight that way. I was so far removed from wrestling. I mean, I literally the year before was put in the NYWC Hall of Fame with the HWA. I thought that was it. I thought finally we had a final moment. All the boys were together. The final swan song. We all said our goodbyes. And then a year later, I get a call and here I am coming right back in. But they're so passionate and so ambitious about just approaching things differently that once my brain started to go creatively, it, it was like the floodgates opened. And I have so much love for those guys. They, they, you know, they really are like brothers of mine. So it's just one of those things where we can't wait to see. We can't wait to introduce the world to what we're going to do. 
What and was your time were, like? I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. I was going to say, if you're in the vicinity, uh, Stereo Garden 9 Railwood Ave, Patchogue, New York, on May 18th, a Thursday night. There's no Thursday night football. Um, the, the Knicks and the Nets have been eliminated from the playoffs by that point. I know the, the Knicks are still oh, in. Don't know that. Probably going to lose. Sorry, guys. Um, and hopefully the Devils have an off night. You go out there and you see some outlaw. Wrestling is now. The poster's got all the familiar faces. Crowbar's there. Homicide. Uh, the SAT, obviously. The Greek god Papadon. The oh, new shit. Backstreet Boys. Tommy Grayson. No, back, 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 back seats. Back seats. <laughs> oh, back seats. Sorry, I got <laughs> all there's, there's some. Here's an interesting story with that, too. And there's there's a lot of history just in that match alone. You know, the, the, in the, if you followed wrestling back in the 2000s, the Ring of Honor days, the TNA days, SAT were a staple when TNA had first come on the scene. And then it was a staple. They were originals with Ring of Honor. The Briscoes, the back seats, and the SAT were considered the holy trinity of tag team wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Trent Acid unfortunately passed away at such a young age. And it's, it's a tragedy that he passed. Johnny Cashmere has now come back to wrestling. And he's now basically found what he believes and me too because i'm such a huge fan of tommy and jp grayson the grayson brothers yep, yep. and he has now bestowed this backseats gimmick that him and trent had and he has given it to them so now johnny cashmere is going to now team up with the backseats to wrestle against the sat all three of them which are now will jose and joel maximo Back in the day, Will wasn't wrestling, but now he is. He filled in for Jose when Jose wasn't there. So Will has never wrestled against Kashmir, and Tommy and JP have never wrestled against the SAT in that there's so much that's going to happen for the first time, even though there's a 25-year history with these, or 20-year history with these guys. Yeah, uh, Tommy and JP are two great guys, very good friends of ours and uh, and mine, and, and and the SAT as well, former guest of the show. Is, yes, well. so, so they just sent me a picture of him wearing your merch. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll get you one. We'll get you some merch too. How about that? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I mean, it's the least you could do for making up for getting choke slammed a whole bunch of times by 911. Yes, that was a hard way to break into the business, to be honest. And it was spontaneous. It was never planned. Not in the beginning. I don't think I don't know who Joey Styles is thinking he could stand up to you the way he tried. Like, what, what was he thinking? <laughs> Listen, it was it was pretty amazing um, to watch Joey Styles do what he did. But it was for for a kid who never really I didn't come up the same way. A lot of these guys, like if you ever listen to like a Chris Jericho, right? Chris Jericho talks about how he, he trained in Canada and how he came up, you know, with with uh, over in Memphis and he had all these uh, opportunities. And then he broke into ECW. I literally went from a backyard into basically a gym with just my friends into being inside of an ECW ring where Paulie is giving you a gimmick and you just go and you're trying to learn on the fly. And uh, to hear Joey, Joey Styles help put us over in matches. It was, it was such an, I learned probably more from Joey Styles than I would say equally as much as I did from all those guys back in that locker room back in the day. Cause you realize what Joey was trying to do. He was amazing. And for a one man show to do what he did was pretty impressive. So I have to ask you um, the young dragons, <laughs> was this a gimmick? So Todd Gordon didn't have to pay you twice for the night or no, <laughs> the young dragons were a gimmick, honestly, because it goes back to the story I told you before. I was told the first night I stepped foot 
inside of a building where my friend wanted to be a pro wrestler by the first pro wrestler I ever met that no one would ever pay a dime to watch somebody five for five wrestle. And I walked out of there very, you know, this is like, I, I don't know that I had a dream to be a wrestler, but for somebody to tell you, like you touch that ring for the first time, how exciting it is. And then somebody tells you, yeah, sorry, that's never going to happen. And I went home and this is a shoot. Um, my, I was a huge, huge mark for Jushin Thunder Liger. As one of you stated earlier about RF video, I used to have tapes from Japan of Jushin Liger. And I was such a fan of his. And, and one night I thought to myself, what if I wear a mask and I say I'm from Japan? In Japan, the wrestlers are all small. Maybe, just maybe, I can get away with saying I'm a Japanese wrestler. This is a total shoot. I literally had, back in the 90s and the 80s, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm a little older, they had bicycle shorts, and they were spandex shorts. And with a scissor, I started cutting up a pair of black bicycle shorts with a needle and thread, because I didn't know how to sew with a machine or anything. I literally started to sew together that young dragon mask. I sewed a wig on it. I put white vinyl on it and I wanted to rip off Jushin Liger, but I wanted to say I was from Japan and I would train with this mask on at Sunny Blaze's gym all the time. And one night in ECW, after doing the choke slams as ring crew only, you know, Paul, and, and the way the ring crew would work, you'd be at ring crew and Paulie, there's 911. He choke slam a wrestler, then he'd kill the referee. And then Paulie would walk by you at ringside and be like, go help the ref out of the ring. And as you go to help the ref out of the ring, 911 would grab you and be like, are you ready to jump? And that was it. You were taking choke slams. <laughs> but one night, Paulie walked up to me and he said, I need to speak with you. And I thought I was in trouble. I was just a ring crew guy. I'm like, what did I do? And he asked me, he said, what, what's this I hear about a mask? Oh, shit. So I, I was taught, even though I'm not a worker, to always bring your things. And I brought that mask with me to Philly, even though I'm ring crew. I busted it out. And he looked at me and he said, I want three of those next week. <laughs> okay. Well, this is, this is where the story goes south for me, though. <laughs> I rush home. We're trying to figure out how do we get more masks? We're like, we got friends. We're whipping things up together. We go to the, we used to have like flea marks around here with airbrush. We would go to karate studios and we were buying geese and we're getting airbrushed on the back and we're making this up on the fly. And we get to Philly the next week and I'm so excited. I can't believe my idea worked. I'm going to be, a, we didn't have a name at the time. Paulie was like, what's your name? I think my name for my young dragon was Kendo the Hurricane Osaka. And Mikey Whipwreck was the other one. He was Storm Sasaki. And then we had to come up with a third. So we came up with Cyclone Nagasaki, which I don't even know if I'm allowed to do that in this day and age. I probably get canceled for that. But Paulie looks at us. He's like, all right, we got a problem though. I only need two of you. And he takes Mikey and my other buddy, Craig. And they left me out. Oh. So Young Dragon's debut and I don't get to do it. So... But long story short is eventually, though, the Young Dragons got to get it in there. I got to have matches, Young Dragon. And like you said, I would be ring crew. I would be jobber guy going out there to start a match and get 911's music would hit. And before the match even started in Chokeslammed, I, I would be ring crew. I'd be a Young Dragon getting Chokeslammed. And I would literally spend weekends probably getting Chokeslammed between 9 and 15 times over the course of three days. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So... Are you trying to tell me you were not one of the the young dragons that got the win by DQ over Kevin Sullivan and Tasmaniac? No, I was not. Oh, oh, I was gonna. Oh, no. you said that. 
<laughs> See, I'm being honest. I could have stole it right there. I could have told everybody was. But a really cool story about that. Great learning lesson in wrestling. Because all we thought when I sat there with my gear, and I was still in my gear. I took a little mask off. I'm sitting there in the gear all sad. But um, we honestly thought, like, you know, not knowing the business, we thought that, hey, this is what jobbers do. You go out there and get squashed, you know. And Mikey and, and Craig, he went, they went out there and they worked and they got destroyed. And as soon as that match ended, Kevin Sullivan and Taz made a beeline right through that curtain and went right up to two of them, gave them a hug and said, thank you. You made us look amazing. And that was one of the first times I ever started to understand what wrestling really was that, wait a minute. So there, you're not just a jobber. You're, you're serving a purpose that even when you're the low man on the totem pole as a young dragon versus the, the team they're trying to build immensely, there was a respect and an understanding. And it was really cool to see that. So going forward, I was always able to remember that that's how Taz and Sullivan treated my two friends. And then it, same for me. When I got those opportunities, it was really, really cool to, to start to understand that stuff. Was it just as rewarding and this might be a silly question, but was it just as rewarding to be a part of the rink crew for that company as it was to actually get your, your chance? Or is it like a progression there? Like what, what's that like? Well, you know, if you knew now, what you, you know, if I knew then what I know now, um, you know, the fact that this arena has become legendary, the fact that that time frame in wrestling has become legendary, it is amazing. I was not there very long. But I was there at such an incredible time, you know, for me to get advice from Dean Malenko, from Too Cold Scorpio, you know, you got to remember something else. A lot of the legends or, or veterans you guys know now, Taz, Dreamer, Sin these guys were just rookies starting off when I was there. They weren't the yeah. legends then. They were just the indie guys trying to build a company. But when a Dean Malenko came through, Shane Douglas, uh, Road Warrior Hawk, you these guys would come through and it was like amazing because you got to witness like how fair they would be to the whole locker room. So I'm always consider myself blessed because I didn't have the, you know, career. Uh, I don't ever refer to myself as a former ECW worker because I truly feel that that's, it's almost a slap in the face to the true ECW workers wow. like the Mikey Whipwrecks and guys. Matt considers you a legend. What? Matt considers you a legend. <laughs> yeah at choke slams i might be a legend because that was we were the first to do the whole suspended choke slam and that was pretty cool that was a dean malenko collaboration and that was really really cool but yes i consider myself really really lucky to be able to be there that my buddy mike norman he he was the one that made the first banner that they airbrushed to turn it to extreme like we were there when eastern turned to extreme when paulie took over from todd gordon when this whole when shane douglas threw the belt down I was ring crew that night. That's awesome. And I didn't know then that these would become legendary moments 25 years later. Of course, of course. And look, I do think you're an ECW legend. You were a very important part of my discovery for ECW. You're one of the first people that was all over that um that our video. It was just he was just taping the fucking shows off of the off of whatever network was down in Philadelphia, but it was it meant a lot to me because I was getting introduced to, to ECW 
you know, previous to what I had known, what I'd found at 2 a.m., but this is the history of it. And here's Paul Laurie and Mikey Whipwreck, and there's a really interesting story. So I think I, I give you the I, I'm not there's no tongue in cheek. This isn't bullshit. These fuckers aren't trying to throw me under the bus. <laughs> I think you see, I was like super fucking jazz, man. When I sent you the friend request and you were in, I was like, this is awesome. Don't look like me, Tony. I see you looking like that. You no, you, you, you're throwing me under the bus. I gave Paul Laurie and my mother in a nightgown. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that was me. You know, it's funny though. Like, mother away know, to guests. It's my turn, Paul. That's my turn. She actually turf. texted me back. She can't wait to come back next week. So now we've created a monster. That's amazing. Yeah, well, real quick. Another, another fun fact for you guys when you watch that video back. Um, we had no warning whatsoever. I thought I was working that night. I thought I was going to debut in a match or something. Paulie didn't tell us anything. All of those things you would see in, in any documentary or anything about how that locker room was, how grungy and nasty it was, but – those Paul Heyman, you know, speeches from the steps, that's all true. And it was very chaotic. Things would happen on the fly. And I had put on all my gear and Paul Heyman's like, oh, you know, he's yelling for me. He's like, giant, giant. I, again, just gave me a name and I go running over to him and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? He's like, why are you in gear? You're not wrestling. I'm like, I, I thought I was wrestling. Okay. Get your clothes on. So I'm trying to get my clothes on because he's like, I need you at ringside. If you look at that, that, segment where i jumped the rail and attacked mikey you can see my knee pads are still on underneath my jeans <laughs> and the, the, here's the best part about it was really quickly on the fly because mikey and i had always wrestled together like from the backyard and all those nights in that abandoned gym mikey's a lefty and he always had this bad habit of shaking hands the wrong way like he would not wrong way i'm a righty i always shake predominantly with my right hand and I, he says to me really quickly, he's like, yeah, make sure if you shake my hand, though, you, you know, make sure you adjust the hands. And I didn't really understand what he said. Now I'm trying to fight my way around the audience. And I have to literally, for real, fight my way to the front row. And if you know that, if you ever watch ECW from then, you know that that's, that's like prime real estate. Those guys aren't happy about me weaseling my way in because they don't know who I am, you know? Yeah. And I fight my way to the front. And that one moment, where Joey Styles starts talking and Mikey's standing there. Mikey reaches over and he goes to shake my hand and he shakes it. He adjusts it and he shakes right-handed. And now I'm screwed because the camera is literally this close to my face and I don't know how to throw a left-handed punch because oh, I'm writing. So it's all just the sweat starts beating. And the only thing I could think to do was punch him right in the face. <laughs> and I punched him right in the face lefty. And I hopped that rail and I start going to town. And I'm like, I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness later. And I remember, I think it was Gary Pippa Wolf took me aside and he goes, that was amazing. And thank <laughs> God I did not try to hold back or try to work a punch or anything because I probably would have never even gotten to the next week. Because Mikey's eye was instantly black and blue. Like he literally, I, I just, he receded me in our first match. He burst my eardrum in the first slap. But <laughs> it's one of those things where it, it was like luck. I don't know that I did it by design totally. I didn't really want to punch, but I didn't know what else to do. There's a camera and I have to throw a left-handed punch that I don't know how to throw. And, he, and it's right there on you know, being recorded for TV. And if you watch that punch, you could slow-mo it. You could just watch his face just get all like, distorted as i threw that punch right into him all i all i hear in my head is mikey going don't worry you'll get it 
It's coming. Yep. Don't worry when. It's he's coming. He's yelling, do I owe you money as I'm hitting chairs? <laughs> and here's the other thing. Again, being so new and not realizing it, he fell. He just bumped right off that punch. Like, I just dropped him. That's awesome. And now he's laying on the floor, and I'm stuck in that crowd, and I didn't know what else to do. So I just hop over the railing, and I drop on him. And I kind of hit an elbow. I didn't even do it by design. <laughs> and then Cactus Jack takes me aside. And he's like, listen, we got to talk about the elbow on the outside. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do any. Like, I just, it was instinct. I didn't know where to go. Again, I'm not the biggest guy in the room. When I'm in the crowd, I got to fight for that stuff. There's a, there's a segment in the match where the fans are fighting me for a chair. And I got to literally fight it back out of their hands. It was some it's fun so stuff, funny. though. It's so funny you say that about Cactus, though, because, you know, by all accounts, and we've had him on the show a bunch of times, uh, Mick Foley's a great guy, but he's very, like, slide protective of everything that he does. And it's it's just, yeah. it's so weird when you, like, like, when you say that, I can totally picture him, like, pulling you to the side and, you know, just, hey, uh, the elbow, huh? You know? I think I, I think I was saved because the camera didn't really pick it up as an elbow. They kind of were on Mikey and just saw me kind of plop down on him. If, if they saw me like setting up for an elbow, I think I really would have been in trouble. Yeah. I, Mick Foley's reprimanded me a couple times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I've got, I've gotten my ear full from, uh, from Mick. I, I opened for him a couple of times doing comedy and, uh, and he, uh, he got me. He got yeah, me. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, we're on the line with Paul Laurie. He's an ECW legend. I don't give a shit what anybody says. He's also talent relations for wrestling is now at wrestling is now with two W's on Twitter, Instagram.com uh, backslash wrestling is now big show in 10 days, May 18th, patch hog, New York, uh, bull James crowbar, uh, the backseat boys, the SAT. Uh, it's a, it's a who's who of independent wrestlers from the tri-state area. So if you can get to the patch hog on the 18th, check it out. If not, I, I heard a rumor they might be coming to Richfield park, New Jersey uh, in the summer. So if you can't make it to patch hog, you make a little note on your little calendar and you make sure you get to see uh, wrestling is now 95. You're in ECW for only like two months. You that they blow you and Mikey off. And then you're back just for that one heat wave. 96. Uh, and it's a very short, like two minute match. How, how did that all come about? And was there a plan to go past heat wave 96 for you? Uh, I don't know that there was a plan. It was um, basically what had happened was they had ECW had come to Long Island to do uh, a, like a house show at that point. Um, Bully Ray, who was originally from Long Island, he had just gotten involved with ECW. And I think he was making his way in with Paulie pretty well. And on the indie scene, me and Mikey and the guy, we would run like we were in once you get into ECW and once you cross that guardrail and you have that little name, suddenly you have carte blanche when it comes to the indie scene. Like everybody wanted to book us. Not that there was a ton of indies, but if there was an indie company on Long Island, we were in it, you know. And so we knew all the venues and we would run at this one venue called the Deer Park Community Center quite frequently. And Bully Ray got wind of us being there and he had gotten in there quick. Bully Ray was great at that. He'd get into a event. He'd go to a show. He, if he liked the venue, he'd talk to Paul. He would sign ECW. Same thing with the Elks Lodge. The Elks Lodge was, was basically run. I was in an indie company called UCW and Mikey came to a show with Bully. And next thing you know, Elks Lodge was picked up by ECW. So ECW had done a show on Long Island and it's literally 15 minutes from my house where the show was. 
So I had gone in to just say hello and see everybody. And, you know, Paulie was great. Open arms and said, come down, come down whenever, whether it was a week or two later, come on down. And as soon as I walked in, I didn't know what for or anything, but it came in. He said, the match was originally scheduled already. It was supposed to be Mikey and Sabu versus the Eliminators, but he just wanted to figure out something quick. And he's like, go out there, give me five, six minutes. But I honestly thought, why even go five, six minutes? It's Mikey with we had. I'd rather put him over strong instead of making it like, okay, we have an, our thing is back. Plus he's going his direction with the match. So we kind of just made it real fun, real quick. I was getting, I got hit with total elimination afterwards. So it was fine. Nobody remembered me anyway after getting crushed, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was good. It was a, it was a fun little thing. And then Mikey and Sabu went and Mike really was, uh, he was on a real good trajectory at that point that I don't know that coming back to the story without Jason, because I think they gave me somebody else at the time. Um, I'm not really sure where it was going. And that, that was happening a lot as ECW got a lot of traction, that locker room, there was a lot of bodies in there looking for work. So I think you could have easily got lost in the shuffle. So I think we went to like one more show. We all hung out and they were trying to find something. And I was like, we're just going to keep, I'm going to stay home and do that thing. Cause again, I wasn't really trying to pursue wrestling as a, for a living at that point. So, you know, in hindsight, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what could have been if I did, but you know, I didn't chase it as aggressively as some of the other workers would have. Did Jason make you itchy? <laughs> Jason was actually really, really good. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was really At... <laughs> No, Jason actually, what's cool about that was when ECW started to hit, uh, being based out of Philadelphia predominantly, what happened was uh, all the indies started picking up these guys. So like, it was fun. We would do indies, we do indie shots and it would be us, but Jason would be on an indie show. Raven would be there. Tommy Cairo from back in the day would be there. Like it was, so it was always cool. Like, cause if you weren't in ECW, you were doing an indie shot with the guys anyway. And Jason, we actually had a couple of storylines woven into some indie stuff we did where I was now a baby face and it was against Jason, but you know, Jason was always good that way. And and again, for me, being a little older than you guys, I remember watching Jason be an enhancement talent for WWE. Like, I remember watching him on, like, you know, on the MSG shows from WWF back in the day with guys like Skull Von Crush, who Skull is still one of, you know, he's super great with me. And he was a big part of helping me come through the business. Uh, Paul, I don't know how much younger you think we are. Than yeah, you. we're old. I dude. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of us has shared a ring with Skull Von Crush. Wait, wait. Did you really? Yeah, many, many moons ago. Or in a, it taught, tell me about it. It was uh, Basketball 98. It was at uh, one of the schools over here in uh, Nutley. I want to say St. Mary's. And uh, Skull had the uh, privilege of being in a battle royal, Royal Rumble style, which had no counter whatsoever. And... Uh, yeah, he had to deal with about 19 or 20 jackoffs that had no idea what they were doing because I was freshly trained. I was maybe up at Gino Caruso's for about six months at that point, and we all thought, well, hell's bells. We could pull off a battle royal, can't we? Oh, boy, did we ever fucking bomberino on that one. Oh, how <laughs> did a guy come in with a... I don't know. I don't know how far his patience would have went with that. He, he was very... He was very understanding. Like he actually talked to us. He was, ex he was 
going over the finer points of kayfabe, which I don't think he needed to do for some of us, but for others, it was definitely needed. Um, but he was really cool. Like we were working spots with him together and there was some shit that we still didn't know. So he was just like, okay. And he actually took a step back or two. He was really cool with us and he didn't, he had no reason to be, but he was, and that was yeah. really cool of him. Yeah. He and was unfortunately like he had, a, he had to walk out of the battle Royal because he was not slated to win. <laughs> so yeah. he kind of just eliminated himself at one point, which is probably the smart thing to do. I don't think he wanted one of us jackasses tossing him out. That, that would not have been cool. Yeah, Vito's great. He's always been he's always been good. He he literally was like a big brother for me back in the day. We still keep in touch now, which is really, really cool. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. Then since we're similar in age and you're not that much younger than me, you guys understand that there's wrestling has evolved. So you meet some people in the business right now that are really there, they're they're really involved in like the current status of the business where there's still a few of those old school guys that, you know, they, they will take the time. They will talk to you. They'll try to explain kayfabe. They'll try to explain psychology. They'll try to explain all that stuff. And, you know, because there is something to be said about storylines and there's something to be said about actually, you know, working with the crowd and not just having car crash matches, you know, or, or train wrecks. And, you know, full disclosure, man, when I was a kid and I, I didn't work that way, I was a total choreographed everything type of guy. Cause I was trying to swing for the fences because again, I had the market cornered on small guys. There weren't other guys, my size back in the night. <laughs> now everybody's my size. So you better be doing something different because everybody's doing that stuff now. Yeah. Uh, Paul, real quick. Uh, we're going to let you go in a couple minutes, but I have a question for you. Sure. Since your last name starts with an L and your first name ends in an L, we kind of had a little fun before you joined us that it just kind of flows together like one name. Like we kind of dubbed you Peloria. I so, like it. No one's ever done that one. Though. And so like, I was like, you know what? It sounds like a shampoo. And then, uh, and then Tony said like, it sounded like, I don't know, like a medication. Like if you're suffering. Yeah, or I'm going to go medication. Like if you're like. <laughs> Over shampoo, definitely. Because I was like, all right, I can see the shampoo. You said medication, and instantly I thought I would see this thing like, you know, can cause death, injury. Yeah, oh yeah. We had a lot of fun with it. If you're suffering, don't take Peloria more than three times a day. Exactly. You will die instantly. Let me ask you, you, Paul. If Peloria was a medication, what would it be used to treat? That's a great question. It would would definitely help... um, to reduce the risk of stunted growth. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you could brand Peloria, because I said it could also be a supermarket, like super, like, like Peloria discount furniture. Like it could be like anything. You know, it's so, funny like, on, on the island, there is a Loria's 112 carpet and everybody thinks I'm related to that, which I'm not. But no, I'm, I'm not feeling the supermarket thing. Okay. As much as I'm feeling that, that I'm definitely some sort of, you know, growth medication. Got what about a, what about a hotel's small. chain? You could do the Peloria Inn and Suites. Peloria Inn. That's not bad. It could be a restaurant. Peloria's. Maybe a restaurant. Peloria's. Be- yeah. yeah. That could be like a good Mama one. Peloria's making meatballs this Mama week. Mama Peloria's. You got to <laughs> put the mama in there, though. The mama definitely works. <laughs> definitely you, works. You could always tell people, no, those guys lay carpet. I munch it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> going I mean, that's what I would say. <laughs> that we went total different direction than that. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Peloria's. 
outstanding. Uh, Paul Oria, president of Talent Relations uh, Wrestling, is now. We look at the card, uh, the posters. I, I've named a bunch of names. Who's somebody that uh, the fans should keep an eye out on? Maybe the, uh, a lesser known talent. Uh, on the indie scene, I don't know that I consider them any of them lesser known as far as indie goes. But yes, what you're what you're asking about is um, there's a few. I will say this: I don't. I'm not a big fan of this guy on a personal level, but there's no denying that he has every qualification that you need to make it, and that's the cause of it all. Joey Conway. Joey Conway has been making a lot of noise. Another guy that just is so believable is PJ Savage. This guy is just incredible um, when he talks. And this is what I mean when I was saying earlier, you know, there's a, there's these guys, none of them are, are huge guys by wrestling standards. And every one of these guys can go in the ring at wrestling is now we, we made a point to say, we are not just taking anybody and throwing them on a roster more importantly than being able to go in the ring, you've got to be able to cut it on the mic. You've got to be able to carry those stories in between the shows. You know, this is 2023. We got podcasts and we got social media. Stories can be told where we can do our version of episodic television through the internet from one show to the next, but the guys have to be capable of doing this. You can't just have a guy cutting promos. I see it all the time and I'm sure you guys do. There's plenty of guys that are great, but I think so many guys that are great. Now we have to find who's exceptional. Who is really the guys you believe when you're watching somebody, Joey Conway, PJ Savage, Chris Cage. These guys are guys that I truly believe are destined to do great things. And I say it all the time. It is bittersweet for me because I truly am excited about working with them. But the best and worst day is going to come is when hopefully they get picked up and they're going off to AEW or NXT and they have to leave me to go do their dream because I truly think that's what's going to happen with some of these guys. Well, we're excited to see what happens. And if you're out there, you're listening, you're watching, you're checking it out. uh, Wrestling is now. Wrestling is now on Instagram at wrestling is now with two W's on the Twitter machine. Uh, wrestling is now the outlaw show is uh, not outlaw show. That sounds bad. Wrestling is now um, on May 18th. Stereo garden, nine railroad Avenue, patch hog, New York doors open at seven bell times at eight. It's a great way to start off your weekend. Uh, getting to see some wrestling, some, some great talented individuals. And Paul's the man behind. Uh, oh, he's one of the men. Excuse me. I would give the SAT some credit, but they have shitty no, internet, no. so they're still in the doghouse yeah. when they did our interview. One of this them is at least. Peloria production. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's exactly. It's wrestling that. is now brought right to you now. by Peloria. Peloria hey, Enterprises. You know. Holy shit, bro. You're getting back in the ring. You didn't even know it. See that? <laughs> Just check with your doctor first and, and call a pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> He could Gloria, just be, may cause uh, drowsiness. Do not operate heavy machinery when taking Gloria. Exactly. May cause drowsiness or death. Women who are pregnant or maybe nursing children should talk, speak with their doctor. <laughs> well, clearly we're going to cut a promo after this. Even if we don't own anything, we're going to make it up. We'll put Tic Tacs in a bottle and we're going to cut a huge promo on this. This is amazing. Gloria. Paul, this has been an absolute blast. Um, 
the the whole Diana into Paul Loria thing might be one of the greatest things that's ever happened on this. Well, I don't greatest... know if this podcast could have went bad when you have a lead in like that. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> it's such greatest... no good. The greatest yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to give that to you guys. That was like, you know, when they put a new show on right after Raw because they want the show to do great. Still I mean, stalkers? you guys set me up perfect. So <laughs> that was a lot of pressure on my part, though. I came in with – I was fully dressed. I didn't know what to think. <laughs> God forbid our guest was had clothes on. I'm not going to lie. I still don't know what to think. Uh, I gotta. I know you've been out of the wrestling game for a while, so it doesn't necessarily a wrestling question. But oh. I gotta ask every guest. Oh man, Tony, does that mean I have to ask your mother too? No. When was the last, when was the last time you shit your pants? Oof, it's a tough one. Hmm. I'm gonna go back. <laughs> Let's go back. Maybe during COVID. All right. You know, it was you weren't comfortable going in a public restroom, so you definitely everybody was holding it at that time. Right. You know, you're like, I'm not going there. I got to get home first. It, you know, listen, I didn't know if I went to the bathroom. Then, what am I going to hold my breath the whole time? You didn't know what you were getting into back then, so you had no choice. You're going back home. So let's call it 2019. It was only a little bit. Is it brown? <laughs> I got to tell you, one of my one of the best podcasts ever. You guys have great questions, <laughs> great lead-ins. It's pretty great. Hey, man, if it makes you feel better, I shit my pants Christmas morning having breakfast, and that wasn't even the last time I did it. <laughs> well, why did you bring up the Christmas moment? What was so special about that? Yeah. <laughs> it was the holidays. It was you know, baby no, Jesus. It was, Christmas. it was like, you know, one baby and then a brown baby. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Santa the fucking one with the... I'm the one with the, sh- the pants shitting problem, but Tony shits his pants every fucking week. I, I don't know if that's something we want to elaborate on. Why is this like a normal thing that we have a problem with it? Because I'm getting old. I don't, you know, it is what it is. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's totally not what happens when you get old. I'm older than you. It's not normal. That's I not mean, really what happens. I mean, it's <laughs> not like I'm completely like just dropping trout in my drawers, but you know. The sometimes... fact that it's even somewhat routine with you is not okay. <laughs> Paul, you have no idea. Finally, a guest with a fucking brain in his head. Matt, dare I say, top five. I agree. Tony, let me ask you something. Is that a swivel chair, or are you literally sitting on a like a toilet that's set up to look like a chair? <laughs> no, this is just my throne, bro. It's a rocker, too. So in case right, I, I just sh- want to make sure. In case I got to shake it loose. Because I could have swore I heard that flush. So I didn't know if it was a sound effect. All right. So, so here's I, I can explain forward? that. I can explain that. So I'm in a basement recording this, and the, the pipe that goes through our bathroom was literally right there. He's lying. He's the one on the toilet. <laughs> so, like, if, say my, my father uses the bathroom and he flushes, it literally comes down right here. So Listen, Papa, Papa Shiny Wizards Kevin's dropping nothing back right now. Oh, I don't care. How do I care? <laughs> I mean, think about this. Think about what you got. Think about what we've gone through in, in a half an hour. Nightgowns with moms. <laughs> trapping our pants on christmas morning talking stuff so-called legends right. we've, we've branded polaris <laughs> <laughs> listen 
Mic drop. No one's talking. Yeah. I guess I'm coming back on tomorrow night because no one's beating this. You got to go back in the archives for sleep jacking, drinking my pee, and throwing up flowers. <laughs> Bring it. Oh, 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 oh. oh man, this is great, Paul. This has been an absolute blast. We would love uh, love to get you back to promote uh, uh, wrestling is now and just uh, shoot the shit. This was a, a lot of fun, a great hang, and and uh, we're excited to see what uh, the future holds for you, man. Definitely, when I when I release my next product, you know, we you guys will be the first. I'll probably call it Shining Wizard something, you know, just oh. to give you guys a little plug. So I no, need a plug. Seriously, though, I appreciate the time. <laughs> Let the man speak. I need a plug. If he's giving out plugs, send one to me. You need a plug is right. You need it when Christmas morning is what you needed. You better plug that up. He wasn't even under the mistletoe, Paul. <laughs> Nobody got a chocolate kiss. No, it was in a stocking. He's like, guess we're joking for Christmas today. Merry Christmas, bitches. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't Cole. <laughs> yeah, is that a lump of coal? Because it's really squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Touch it more. <laughs> Touch it more. That's enough. <laughs> thank you guys in all seriousness for having me. I really did appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, let's do it again, man. And like you said earlier, yes, we have Ridgefield Park, New Jersey coming up for wrestling is now. We'll have June 16th. We have some other dates coming up. We have we do really have a packed uh packed schedule coming up this summer. So, you know, it would be awesome. We'll have you guys, we'll work on some stuff together. You guys are a lot of fun, and you know. We'll do it again. Welcome back anytime, Paul. Seriously, you Thank got an you. open invitation. And tell Mikey we said hi. It's been a while. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Good. Thanks, guys. Good night, Paul. Paul, Paul thank Laurie. you. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night. Paul Laurie, ECW legend, president of talent relations. Wrestling is now at wrestling is now with two W's on the Twitter machine, Instagram.com slash wrestling is now 10 days from now. Uh, May 18th in Patchog. Patchog. I, uh, Paul was great. I, I, I don't know what happened to this. Tony, your mother's a maniac. I love it, but I, yeah, I, I, amazing. I'm so, I'm so sorry. By the way, gold, dude, I was on the floor. I fell on the floor. You left. You had to leave twice. I fell on the floor. I didn't leave. I fell on the floor laughing. She's a special gal. She is a special gal. Oh, you ain't that, I've even been hiding her all this time. I haven't. She's been on the show before. It's been a while, though. And she hasn't and joined Tony, us in the video. Tony, the professional, brings in Paul Lor. Amazing. Brilliant. You got, you got to, bro. Dude, he was cracking Brilliant. up before he even hit the room. <laughs> Holy moly. Crappioli. Yeah, this is a great point by uh, by Mott's Bach. This might be the... Uh... This might be the hardest episode ever to name for sure. No, like, if this isn't Peloria, this is, we're doing something wrong. Oh, that's a great call. Look at that. If it isn't Peloria, Problem we're not solved. making it Diane's negligee or anything like that. So <laughs> fuck off. Right, Cross it off the list. Not, nope. <laughs> I was not even going there, dude. I can't. Dude, and you were the one that was like kind of like endorsing her to like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think she around. was going to go for it. <laughs> what kind of weird. <laughs> like beaver cleavage <laughs> we 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 went on we went on a cruise once as a family and we always had this gimmick in our heads it was me and my two brothers my mother and father and we always had this in our head that we were the griswolds because you know we grew up in the 80s and you know the national lampoons movies were cool and you know we would always watch them and whatnot and so 
we were on we were on vacation. We were on a cruise. It was actually one of the early Disney cruises, and we sat with another family, and it was the same thing. Like mother, father, three kids. They had two two sons and a daughter, right? So we get into an argument one night over dinner, and because uh, we would say like, "Oh, we we're the Griswolds," they say, "No, we're the Griswolds." And one of the boys like goes like, "Well, we only have one extra kid," and we go, "Well, we only have one extra kid." And they go, "Yeah, but we got a daughter and a son." And my little brother, Nick, without missing a beat, goes, yeah, but my mom does Hey Big Spender in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) And there might have been some truth to that. I don't really remember. It was a long time ago. Oh, boy. God bless Diana. I can't wait to go back and watch that because I missed half of it. I was on the floor. (laughs) I wish I really wish I would have saw you fall. I didn't realize you I, fell. I couldn't see. I, I couldn't see because my eyes were so welled up with laughing tears. So like, I'm not even joking. She texted me. She said, "Maybe I'll come back next week." <laughs> we should. We gotta have to have a segment. Fantastic. Oh god. Diana's. Uh, I don't know. Moment. I don't know. Maybe Old, we can put uh, Diana over the top. Set Del Dud. So dime piece, Diana. <laughs> so happy I sent her. Diana's ten cents. <laughs> you son of so a bitch. happy I, her link. Link. I wish i had thought about it earlier i knew that she wasn't gonna be able to figure out at first i told you last week it was where oh. i was trying to do it on the sneaky that's all right sneaky that's all right it is what Holy it is shit. um <sighs> all right man we got it's 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 uh we're going along here do we want to do patreon and uh the network shit yeah i'll tell you this right now kate's joining us in a few if she's not wearing a fucking thong and a fucking... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, right. If Kate's not gussied up to top Diana, I don't know where we're going then. I think the show might be over. I don't care. You come in my face, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> Christ, dude, really? That was the wrong button. I want this one. I'm going to come on you like nobody's ever come on you. <laughs> that ain't me, Kate. I only you have ideas. show up in a thong. Well, listen, you know, you know, we, we need what you going to do with a fucking interview like Ace Ventura? You not, <laughs> you, not know, <laughs> you not know Kate? She's not good. No, no, not you. Tony. <laughs> hey, a boy can dream, can he? All right. What are and we two doing? Handsome Kevin's hitting on Tony's mom. His wife's in the chat room. Now you're saying what? a boy can dream. What? Seven minutes before Kate shows up and you just request her to be in the thong. What the fuck? Are you- <laughs> She's got seven minutes. It's just a request. Yeah, I mean, come on. You Matt, know. Matt, you wouldn't believe that I was the one that's been drinking tonight. Oh, no, we can. You had a few zingers at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah, what happened to this, Kevin? Because <laughs> it was disarrayed that array. <laughs> No, we didn't even ask Diana about her bananas. Uh, next oh. week. Next week. <laughs> All right, Matt, steer us in the right direction. We got, we got I don't know where. I'm gonna. We got, we got people that support us or something. Yeah, yeah go through the shit. I want to get a drink. I'm fucking. I need a break. <laughs> I didn't fall on the floor twice. Just got oh, away from shit. I, uh, <laughs> All right. Let's see, I got it somewhere in here. Ah. The dogs are barking. You hear them out there. There I am. Look at me. New Japan expert. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll get to it at some point. But uh, Handsome Kevin went 7-0 in his uh, backlash picks. Uh, look, if you enjoy this, God, I hope you do. If you don't enjoy this, you're fucking listening to the wrong show. You're an hour and 34 minutes into the wrong show. All right. This has been something else. 
Paul Loria, great interview. Uh, Tony's mom will show up whenever she wants. We're having a hell of a time. Kate's joining us soon. Um, it's as little as a dollar a month. One dollar gets your name mentioned every week on this show. Three dollars a month gives you access to all the bonus content. Five dollars a month will plug your social media, your website, uh, whatever you want us to plug. Ten dollars a month, you get entered into the monthly Patreon drawing. And you get to be a part of the show. Last week, Milwaukee Tom picked the Wizards Rewind. He sat in with us. William Mercier sat in on the Kevin Kelly interview. Uh, Kate's going to do Down the Aisle with us tonight. Um, so there's, there's a lot of great perks to be a part of the Wizards. And we want you to be part of the show. So, you know, those are the tiers. Again, a dollar a month. You spend much more than that on your coffee probably every day. Uh, so at this time, let's thank those that support us. Kathy Hummer, Queen of the Shining Wizards. Manny Kratzo, the King of the Shining Wizards. Danny Rusinello, at not Danny Russ. Anthony Rusinello, Sean Toe, Sean Calejo, Kate the Great, uh, at Miss Kate Fabe. She's doing a thousand podcasts, and I'm sure we're going to plug them all when she shows up here. Sour Graps, Mark Order, Fightful after SmackDown Rampage. Kate's doing it all. Fightful Select. Oh, you motherfucking internet. Um, Matt Garifo at Hudat Matt 81. No relationship to the KJG. Uh, Christine Friesendorf, Mark Parloni, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock at High Five Tom. His Marking Out ROH Revelry podcast is available on the Shining Wizards Network. He just dropped an episode with Brendan Haney, William Mercier, and a couple other dudes. So check that out. Kieran, my uh, co host for Bread Club, Bon Beasley. Eric Freeds, SJ McDonald, who just got her Shining Wizards t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. She sent us a great picture on our uh, Instagram, on our Twitter, at Wizards Podcast. Matthew Birch, Michael Hammond, Braden Bergen, Brendan Haney, Ryan Schlong, at Mark Order Pod. If you're listening for uh, AEW Talk, we're probably going to cover it a little, but if you want a lot of it, Mark Order Podcast is the way to go. Asian Joe, Mike Peterson at LOL Mike Peterson. He is the Can You Beat That Champion who will be joining us in a couple weeks to defend that championship. Kevin Rogue at Year of Pod at JJ Rogue Means at TOTS Pod. They just announced their grand prize winner today. We're not going to give it away. If you threw your name in the hat, you did a get off my lawn. Go listen. You might be a winner of many new figures, as I like to say. Uh, David Henry Bauer. He's back. Welcome home, David. Roll. And last, but certainly not least. Uh, oh, did I say Mark Parloni? Mark Parloni. I think I missed Mark. I apologize. Last, but certainly not least. He's on the Twitter machine at W Mercier Jr. The one, the only, William Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be a William Mercier's asshole. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? What are you eating? You eating? I'm eating a fucking... I mean, this is the weirdest thing, right? It's a baked cookie. Do your shit again. Hurry up when he gets back on. Do it again. Uh, He missed it, bro. He's going too long. The one, the only, William Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be 
in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? That's right. <clears throat> we also have a network, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, home to a variety of great shows, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, Year of Pod, ROH Revelry, the Marking Out thing. Um, uh, Couch 30, Pod, 50th 30, episode. Yeah, ter- 30 Screams or Less. Yep. Inclusive breakdown. All new episodes this week, except for Phil. Tony, what are you doing? I'm fucking showing off my tits. All right. It's a family thing. You know what I'm <laughs> what is that an ice cream truck on your shirt? What is that? It's Bob's Burgers, baby. Oh, okay. Okay. So well, Bob and Linda and the kids. Yeah. And the Belchers. I get it. The Belchers. I get it. It's called my we, house uh, on Saturday. It's full of the Belchers. <laughs> Do we want it? To, is there? I mean, Kate's going to join us any minute now. Is there anything from Backlash we want to talk about? Nope. How, how awesome it was. Brock was hard way, which was fucking incredible. Telling you right now, I want to move to Puerto Rico. It seemed like great people down there. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Did you not? Did you not feel that crowd? There was high energy, oh. not, not the shitty oh. tag team. Oh, oh shitty! <laughs> Rage and chaos. No, 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 I went high voltage voltage with it. Leave, leave, get out. Well, see you later. Kenny Chaos is a former WCW tag champion with which other wrestler? Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner. Fucking A, dude. Do we have to bring you back in, handsome? Okay, no, No, I'm here. (laughs) Uh, I don't see a thong, boys. (laughs) Take it up with her, brother. Well, see you later. Tony, like this is like what the fuck? The I thought worst... Tony was gonna be in a thong when I got on here. That's right, <laughs> Oh, is that what you were going for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought Tony was gonna be showing them cheeks. Yeah, go. you idiots. You're gonna mark me in a thong, you put it behind the paywall. <laughs> there it is. A little Work treat it. for you. First of all, don't don't you idiots fucking Nosferatu up there just decided to throw it out there after his mom fucking showed up at fucking 65 and over cover lady jesus christ i mean (laughs) my goodness that's that's paywall content though if i've ever seen it i said patreon coming to patreon soon diana's uh negligee uh only fans brother make it happen (laughs) i I want no part of this tony i'm out (laughs) You started it, you fucking hand job. Yeah, I didn't think she was going to show up in her fucking nighty, bro, trying to seduce handsome Kevin. Hey, you leave her alone. <laughs> Thank you. Bro. I'm leaving her alone, but I'm not going to exploit her for like OnlyFans and more Patreon subscribers. Well, it's her decision, hey. man. All right. People make their own choices in life. That's right. She wants to do an OnlyFans. Bless her. Tony. She wasn't hiding it. She was not hiding it. You goaded her on and she was not hesitant at all. Nobody goaded her on. <laughs> no, Tony did. A little bit. That's even worse. I know. <laughs> I didn't say it was a Tony, good I'm thing. in your camp here. For once, I agree with you. Can you fucking say something? She, I really thought she didn't have anything on because all I saw was her shoulders. And I'm like, are you, are you clothed? And then that opened the fucking door. There was a concern uh, for me as well when I first saw her. Right? Am I, I like, wrong? Uh, Diana, we might want to get you get you a nighty, get you something going there. You had it. Holy shit. Nighty, nighty. Well, uh, Kate, Kate, how are you, Kate? 
I'm good. How are you guys? It's been a long couple weeks, but I'm here. I'm happy to be here. It's been too damn long. I've been a little guys. sick, but I've been taking my Peloria, so I feel better. There you go. That's what's up. Is it? Uh, do you need a prescription for Peloria? Of course you do. You have to take it under doctor supervision. Scott George, no thong for Kate, but best bangs in the business. Thank oh you. Boy. Thank you. They're my trademark. Do you, want <laughs> you want us to go full picture on you? You can if you want. Is that what you want? I don't care whatever you want to do. Oh my God, why is it so creepy? <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who was like, Kate better show up in a thong. Yeah. I, did I say better? Yeah, I kind of did, I guess. Yeah, yeah you did, did, you fucking ghoul. Yeah. This is like nothing but trouble when I'm the, the ghoul. He's going, school. do you want to be full screen, Kate? It's up to <laughs> you. That's not, that's not, no, Tony, that's not nearly as bad as what you did. Oh, come on. Matt and Scott both sniffing around over here going, hey, your bangs look fantastic tonight. <laughs> do you want to be full screen? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Is that what they call it these days? The kids, they call it going full screen? Just because your, <laughs> your creepy mind goes there doesn't mean that Scott George and Shining It's like, holy shit, Tony's there. mom was showing her negligee. Paul Laurier was fucking talking about shit in his pants. And Kate was going full screen, baby. <laughs> Episode 636, motherfuckers. Come get your kicks on Route 636. It is. A difficult act to follow. I'm not gonna lie. Between God, all we need is the captain showing up with some fucking awful fucking puns. <laughs> Please be careful what you wish for. <laughs> he has access to this. I can't not. True. Well, Kate was the uh, what's the month before May? April Patreon. <laughs> what? No, you nailed it. Also, I put you over for your conversions from Fahrenheit to Celsius last week, and this week you can't figure out what comes before May. Until our New Japan road trip, this man did not know that the days of the week started on Sunday. He's not great with the calendar. (laughs) My days of the week start on Monday. Sure, but like when you look at a calendar, the week we've had this conversation at nauseum, people. We did. Everyone's calendars are different too. Calendars on the phone. Some of them start on fucking Monday. Okay. What do you even mean? He he doesn't know. What do you mean? What do I even mean? <laughs> no no calendar on the planet starts on Monday. Oh, on your phone there's calendars that start on Monday. On your phone. All right. Let's <laughs> now look, I don't no, have dude. mindset. No, no dude. May have... seven right there. It's a Sunday. See I that? don't I also don't have mine start to start, but you can. People do that. Okay, okay, Matt. I hope you're happy, Kate. You're fucking bang. Oh, I am. You're fucking sick of fans to watch you. Make her big. Make I'm on her your big. show, idiot. I know, but I thought it would, you know, bring in more viewers, but then fucking Tony's mom had to blow the roof off the joint. There's no coming back from that. Look, that probably brought in way more viewers than I ever could. God bless her. She was cracking me up because she's like in her 90, but she's like, all oh, my glasses. Like, I was dying. <laughs> dying. What a oh gem. And Paul Loria was great, too, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. The greatest yeah, one two punch in the history of the show Diana and Paul Loria. Back to back. <laughs> Holy shit. What a leaded for Paul Loria. So we had the one two combo, and now we got the uppercut. That's it. KTG. Sorry, this is the murderers, murderers row of guests. 
That's it. There you Nailed go. It. Well, we're gonna go, we're gonna go down the aisle tonight with Kate. Let's go down the aisle, baby. Oh, so this, is what Kate, this is what Kate wanted to do. It is. Um, she didn't want to try to reclaim her. Can you beat that championship? I guess. No, the moment's passed. In my <laughs> paper belt, I don't know where it is. It would be a whole thing. Oh, boo. <laughs> would it take you more time to put on a thong or make a paper belt? I mean, make a paper belt. I put a lot of effort into that piece of shit. Are you kidding me? Oh, don't call it a piece of shit. I mean, my it's not like Matt would have mailed you the real one anyway. <laughs> fucking right, I'm not. You think I'm mailing that fucking slob Mike Peterson? I gotta look at his stupid fucking Photoshop. He puts his head on fucking Roman Reigns. He looked great, first of all. Who? Second of all, I love down the aisle, and I always thought until yesterday I was wrong that you guys chose a card and watched it. I did not realize you guys knew as much as you did off the top of your head. So kudos, because that's awesome. Um, but it's kind of fun because I'm a newer age fan. So Matt and, and I were is... like kicking around ideas of what to do. And this is like right around when you came back into it, right? 2009, if I'm not mistaken. So this was the first pay-per-view I ever watched was Royal Rumble 2009. I kicked around like some other ones. Matt and I were going back and forth, but I was like, this is actually hilarious. So Perfect. I'm a royal. I'm a royal rumble. Like I didn't even need to watch like this show because I know it. But from back to front, uh, in terms of the royal rumble match, the undercard threw me for a, a loop ski. <laughs> the uh, undercard is what got me the most. Yo, I was like, like what? Happened? I know. I don't want to jump ahead, but I, we'll get to it. And I'll tell you what. Really, uh, I remember everything about this show, but one aspect of it. And uh, we'll get to that as we proceed through the progression of the show. Well, I mean, Kevin, we can get right to it because there really is no progression. If you've if you've never tuned in before down the aisle, we essentially take a wrestling card uh, and we kind of go over the card and then it kind of takes us wherever our minds take us. Um, yes. And well, if you've sat through and the last hour and 49 minutes, you know, it can nowhere fucking anywhere. OK, we were <laughs> quoting fucking. Uh, white men can't jump before the show started. Just to give you some context, <laughs> you lost the money again, Billy. <laughs> so the 2009 Royal Rumble took place January 25th at the Detroit, Michigan uh, Joe Louis Arena. Oh shit! Bring your guns. <laughs> not only did this all ties and together. your water. Wonderfully, we not only had Raw and SmackDown, but there was also an ECW brand involved in this pay per view. Not wait, not a ECW brand, the ECW brand, the WWE ECW brand. That matters the home of Christian Cage, the home of Zack Ryder, Kate, every single one of them. CM Punk, Mike <laughs> Knox, Mordecai, or whatever the fuck his name was. His name was Kevin Mordecai. Thorne. You got it. Mordecai, huh? Uh, Shelly Martinez. Oh no! Wait, no more. No, he wasn't. He was Kevin Thorne. Kevin ECW. Well, yeah. He was Kevin Mordecai. Thorne. Kelly Kelly, the exhibitionist. <laughs> and uh, the match opens with the ECW She's, World. Kelly Kelly's champion. got nothing on Diana. I'm not gonna lie. That's a great, that's a no great point. Yeah, Diana's a little bit of an, an exhibitionist herself. Now that I think <laughs> All right. Hey, you watch your dirty mouth. Diana, Anna, Anna, Anna. <laughs> Just, just to be clear, yes, Tony could only rattle off like four of the real ECW guys. So <laughs> he knows the giant. I know Paul Loria. 
That's right. Yeah, but according to you, he wasn't in the real ECW, was he? Like who? Ezekiel Jackson, uh, Marcus Corvon. Now you looked shit up. No, Matt I didn't. Stryker, Big Daddy V. Fucking Fall. my striker was there. Kurt Angle was there. Big Show, Batista for a little Sir, bit. Anyway. Sylvester Turkai. Fuck yeah, dude. CM Punk was there. Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman were there. The, the zombie. Rest his right. soul. Yeah, Daniel or, or, for like or, a or are we? <laughs> Come on, man. Who are the other two? Who are the other two women in the fucking Layla L and Brooke Kessmacher from Impact? Mm. Wow, I didn't even have to say Extreme Expose. Nope, no. I know you want me. I was a big WWE Mark. I know you do. I know you do. I know the song. I would not sing that in the same episode that your mom was on here to negligent. It's way too easy to clip. It's way too easy to clip. We're already beyond that, Kate. Like, it's literally (laughs) so far beyond that. Like, that was like the least of what he did wrong today. There's a lot. At least I wasn't going column A, column B with my fucking hands. No, it was disarray, that array. Yeah. Yeah. more times i have to say it just keep doing it bro yeah just, what show. was it again kevin <laughs> that is something i will not be joining in on thank you no, good for you i don't need that on the internet no no <laughs> hey uh srs uh what do we got here oh the first asshole to clip it that guy <laughs> oh, good thing you didn't wear the thong tony requested i'm upset that tony's not out here with them cheeks come on give the people what they want don't I do just, not re- please don't rikishi us please <laughs> who was the dude that that also wore the thong that would like dance on people the big fat guy Tenson. no what the fuck was he was a name? writer for them uh, big dick big, johnson big dick, yeah, yeah. Big, dick johnson. <laughs> big dick big dick i prefer my dick to go poor danhausen your and fucking Dan has a picture quit the business. <laughs> Dan hasn't left. So perfect. Dick to go. Job. Smack. Boom. Gone. <laughs> very nice. Very All right. Much. All right. Can we get into this card? Yeah. All right. So the first match is for the EC. Well, there was a dark match. Oh, do tell. Did Jimmy Wang Yang and Paul Birchhill. <laughs> Great. A fake cowboy against a fake pirate. Matt, how you feeling about pirates in wrestling? <laughs> I don't like the man. Not a fan. Worst Yarr. elbow drop in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Wang Yang deserves love. That guy ruled. I don't care what anyone says. How are you saying Go ahead. Go ahead. A, a fantastic what? elbow? What? Right. Fantastic. She has a fantastic elbow drop, and Paul Burt. Hey, cocksucker, put him on ears. I, no, I'm trying to make sure. Get ears. Yeah, get ears. Get ears. And I thought Paul Burchill's entrance was actually kind of cool. He came swinging down, right? No, all right. Oh, he didn't. He didn't come out. He didn't come out with Katie Burchill here, did he? Was she no. Remember, no, he, he like swung he was, on the rope. Yeah, he came in from literally like like he was like swinging from a chandelier on like some big yeah. like. Fucking, he uh, fucking well, of course. What could Jesus, possibly dude. go wrong in WWE having done something like that? No, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was fucking entertaining. Like, like I don't hate it at all for what it was at the time. Like, it was. It's better than an incest angle with his sister. How about that? I, I mean, mean low bar, incest. but yeah. Fair enough. An incest angle. She's not a bad one to have it with. 
No, definitely. <laughs> she's a tall <laughs> drink of water, that one. A ripe tomato. Oh, she's so I, sweet. I talked to her. I talked yeah. to her to wrestle wrestle con fest. Yeah. She's so Bro. sweet. She was very yeah, nice. She's, yeah, she winter. Was. She's been at a bunch of shows. Winter. You're right. I do hate fucking pirates, Scott George. Especially <laughs> yeah, Carrie Sane and her shitty elbow drop. What's so uh, shitty about it? Do you think it's like her form in the air? Is that what makes it shitty? Like that she, yeah, she looks like a fucking form. wacky, wild, inflatable man jumping off the top rope because <laughs> she weighs fucking seven pounds. Uh, I don't know. I think, it adds, I think it adds nah, a little element a to it. Oh, suck, Carrie. Well, she's not a champion. Well, neither is neither's money. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. She was. She's a has-been, bro. She's going so for Jack that, Swagger, uh, Matt Hardy. She's going for that Women's New Japan Strong Championship now. Gives a shit. Another tournament, Tony. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. You got a better chance of me enjoying a tournament than you do having Cage come on the show with a thong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wait, I didn't. I <laughs> strike that. Reverse it. I mean, correct. <laughs> correct, ding. Ding. Hi, <laughs> right, boys and girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kate. Um, yeah, I apologize. Kate. No, fuck no. Come on. If I could handle getting my balls busted, we would have stopped being friends a long time ago. Yeah, come Jesus, on. Man, come on. Come on. You like nobody's ever come on you before. Yeah, all right, great. Everybody's gonna come on everybody. Thanks, Jack off. Oh, it's not me pressing the buttons. How dare you press those buttons, Tony? Yep. So there you go. What do you say? A little this, a little that. Right, there you go. He nailed a turkey yep. from the rear. Shampoo and conditioner, Kevin. Yep. Paul Loria. <laughs> oh, Jack boy. Swagger, the ECW champion. Fuck the, yeah. Defeated Matt Hardy. We the people. Why? He's he's the real American American at this point. He's a jack off. I felt like him and Miz like started getting heated up around the same time, and I just felt like they should have just been some like frat bro tag team gimmick. (laughs) Before Miz turned into like like musty TV guy, they both struck me as like very just dumb frat boy. Gimmicky well, dudes. Well, well, Miz had already been established at this point in 2009. He was already uh, tag team champions with uh, John Morrison. So, like, Miz is already on his way to his, like the dirt sheet was huge back then. Like, that was a big deal on the internet. So, I, I, I understand your point. Like, because if you watch Miz on the real world, he was a complete, like, yeah, bonehead, knucklehead weirdo it felt like something they should have leaned into and jack swagger to this day i'll never understand what that guy has any business doing on a wrestling tv i like him now i I just i never i never understood putting the world title on him i like him now with his fucking dumb purple hat i love it i freaking love it i love him in the jericho his ceiling is being like jericho's fifth best lackey that guy's just fine for him now because we're talking about a show in 2009 doing this for four years it's the same position he's done nothing but he's better than tyrus i'll put it there listen everybody's better than tyrus (laughs) yeah but tony the guy had a hell of a run bro like he he was a world he was a world champion and then which was probably not warranted and then he became a top contender for the world title when he against Del Rio. As a he should have won that at that WrestleMania 29. That yes. whole gimmick with with Uncle Zeb, 
Yeah. That was and then, of course, Del Rio leaves. And, of course, you know, Del Rio is a story for another day. Then he, Del Rio comes back with Uncle Zeb, right? If I'm not. And then Jack Swagger challenges him at that show, right? Or is, 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 my, is my timeline wrong? Because Alberto Del Rio does get managed by Uncle Zeb at some point. Well, I thought Cesaro did. But they both did. And they were the real Americans, which was a tag team, which made no sense because Cesaro was in it. But um, well, I think that so was the after, idea, right? like after WrestleMania 29 is that Raw is where Dolph cashes in and beats Del Rio. Right. So Del Rio, reta- Del Rio is the champ going into that match and retains and then against Swagger. And then uh, he challenges him again the next night. And then Swagger beats the shit out of his ankle and all that stuff. And then Z- Ziggler cashes in because I was there for that bad boy. Yes, delicious. Monday Night Raw, Ziggler cashes in. I was there for that too, and I would say that crowd was the coolest live moment I had as a wrestling fan until yeah. maybe Danielson Omega. Maybe pop-wise until I saw Adam Cole live, because Adam Cole's pop live is yeah. deafening. So my but that two- was like one of the coolest live moments that I ever got to see with Ziggler. My top two are the are the Ziggler moment and when Triple H came back in 2002 at the Garden. I was there for that. That's right. Uh, okay. In December. So like those were like that place was shaking. That's like crazy. You, like the the like the, the floor like the seats everything was shaking. When shaking Triple like H Michael J. Back. Fox in the DeLorean. All right. And the Gloria. Let's see. That's what it should be. A Pelorian. Okay, so Matt Hardy at that time. Like, was this. Matt Hardy was moved to the ECW brand. He was the champion. And he had lost it to Jack Swagger either the week before or two weeks before. He was version one at this point? No, he was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess he was still version one. But he was. he was he was in the draft and he got drafted to to ECW along with I think like maybe like I think Shelton Benjamin got drafted to to SmackDown and Chavo got drafted to ECW or some bullshit like that and uh, so Matt Hardy was and this obviously this is setting up bigger things for Matt Hardy obviously losing the belt to Jack Swagger because we know what he does later on in in the show where he turns on Jeff which we see. Jeff loses the WWE championship to Edge because of Matt Hardy. And then we see a very forgettable Matt Hardy heel turn and a heel run uh, for the second time, turning on Jeff. And then that lasts maybe a little bit past WrestleMania because I think they have like a, I want to say they have a stretcher match at WrestleMania or they have some sort of match. And then, um, and then Matt Hardy comes back and makes the save for him against the Hart Dynasty. And then they're all reunited again. Yay. Uh, so that would be WrestleMania 25 you're thinking of? Oh, yeah. Right uh, yeah after... Matt, Matt and Jeff had an extreme rules match at WrestleMania 25. Do, 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 do. I feel yeah, like I match... remember the twist of fate being a really big part of that. Like him being the match injured. nobody wanted. That and, match... this is where, and this is where Matt Hardy started wearing like actual wrestling trunks for the first time like ever. This looks like... so weird. I remember that so yeah. vividly. And he had like this, the skeleton key logo. Like not like the actual skeleton, but like the like he had like a key on his gear, and it was like I didn't hate it because it was like a different heel version of Matt Hardy, and it's a, another case of Matt Hardy totally reinventing himself. But they didn't stick with it, and they put the Hardys back together. Um, 
I think like later on that either that su- that spring or that summer they put them back together, saved them from a beatdown from the uh, Heart Dynasty, I believe, and somebody else. So yeah, I so, do uh, feel like it wasn't until recently people like gave Matt Hardy the credit he probably deserves as how often he's like reinvented himself. Like I feel like everybody talks about that with Jericho, but nobody really gave that much credit to Matt Hardy until kind of like those more recent runs when he started with the broken stuff and like. I'm I'm glad yeah. he's more in that conversation. I, I I think I think he's easily up there with um with the Jerichos and with the uh I don't even Regal know who and I don't even know I, I wouldn't put Riddle anywhere near that group. No Regal. William oh, Regal, Regal, I think oh, it's Regal. in that, okay. yeah, like in that conversation a lot, but well it's funny I, because Jericho and Hardy both have the same belly nowadays, so <laughs> They're there for the purpose they're there for, especially Matt Hardy. Yeah, the bellies, it's called them beers. Listen, I drink a whole lot of beer. Was Matt Hardy still smacking tomatoes at this uh, juncture? Yeah. I can smack a tomato. (laughs) So after... uh, Whoa, yeah! To tie this all together, after the Royal Rumble, Teddy Long announced that Matt Hardy requested to go to the SmackDown brand. Player. So then Hornswoggle steals the ECW title from Jack Swagger. Is that the highest regard the ECW title had ever been held in? Like no, in Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon won single win. one of you. Definitely. Sneak your house and murder you. Do-rag um, Vince, ECW champion. So then I guess Swagger was in a program with Finley, who was uh, yes. Hornswoggle's father. And then that led to Christian's comeback. And then uh, Matt, as Kevin said, shows up on SmackDown. He has no remorse for what he did to Jeff. He considers him no longer his partner or sibling. Whoop-de-doo! Those hey, man. Words. Hey, Tony, yeah. You have brothers? You can smack fucking, a tomato. You've got a family. family. Wouldn't want to fight him at WrestleMania. What the fuck's wrong with people? <laughs> you wouldn't want to fight either of your brothers at WrestleMania. No, I want to be their tag partners. We're the Maximos. We're not the fucking Jabrones. Be a big payday, brother. Payday for who? The one-on-one match with you and one of your brothers. No, me and my brothers against the fucking the Usos and fucking Solo. Tony a, I got a, I got the fucking spike, but I bend fucking solo over and give me the old fucking high hard one. Yoink! <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> uh, there was a women's match that followed the season. Oh fuck yeah, team. dude! Uh, Melina become becomes the WWE Women's Champion. She's become, she become she becomes. I knew you were gonna do that by I defeating knew it. Beth Phoenix, who had Santino Morella in her corner. Of course. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. The Glamazon. (laughs) The honky-tonky man. The honky-tonky man. Do they have the the match lengths listed for whatever you're looking at? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you want the length? Jesus fucking Christ, Tony. (laughs) Five minutes and 56 seconds. She said the length, right? Yeah, he actually, he actually had it. Of the match. Yeah, I know. Kevin, get your mind out of the fucking gutter. Which you fucking rinse on, rinse off. No, disarray that Column A, column B. Just a little beyond the breaking point. A little chocolate, a little vanilla, you know. That is furious right now. Kate, how, no, not at all. Kate, how's your memory of, like, okay, you get back into wrestling. This is the first pay-per-view you watch. Like, is there any lasting impression that Melina and Beth Phoenix 
and Santino Morella leave on you? Uh, so to clarify too, I was, this was not me getting back into wrestling. This was the first wrestling pay-per-view I'd ever watched ever. Like I did not watch wrestling before 2009 ever, ever, ever. Um, which is why like when punk came along, I had one foot out the door because I was just like, well, this John Cena guy just beats everyone. This is so boring. (laughs) That's kind of where that came from. But like the women's matches, I remember thinking that Beth Phoenix was like, kind of just, I was so impressed by like her aura and her presence and like what a badass she was. I had no idea what the fuck she was doing with Santino at all. <laughs> like, it made, when you're watching for the first time, you don't understand like how those pairings can be valuable at all. I don't think. So I was just like, what? And, like Santino, when you first see him, I don't think he's necessarily a guy that as a casual or whatever, you're first like, Oh, that guy's great. And I understand what he does here. You're like, what the fuck is that? dude? <laughs> um, and so with Beth, I, it was one of those things too, where when you're in the beginning of watching, you're like, well, she should just like smush this other girl to death. So <laughs> that was kind of how I felt. And then I was like, Oh, but this is a program for dudes. And uh, look at this lady's entrance with her splits. I yeah. Understand. Dudes. <laughs> Look at it, butt cheeks. Look yeah. at I mean, come on. The Molina splits were S tier. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend. That was that was an entrance that people enjoyed. <laughs> but it wasn't really until it was hard to get invested in any of it because so much of it was like hair pull bullshit. Um kind of it, it wasn't really till like AJ Lee came along. I remember she took that bump from the big show and everybody was like, holy fuck, she took that bump (laughs) from the big show. And they just started to kind of like give her an inch and she would take a mile every time she was on screen. And I was like, oh, maybe something different's happening here. Because even as a woman watching, I feel like you still viewed it as like the piss break match because everything was the same and, and pretty boring. I remember really liking Mickey James the first time I saw her. I remember... Thinking Beth Phoenix was cool. I remember thinking Natalia was probably good at this, but boring. Um, but other than that, I was just like, they're all kind of just read as the same to me. Um, one one thing I learned about Natalia uh, as time went on, she, like, if they mic'd her up during matches, she talks so much shit. She's hysterical. Stop it! Hysterical in the middle of Stop matches. It! She Go back really... and watch anything from the very beginning of the pandemic era, like when she's wrestling like on Raw or SmackDown, and it's just all you hear is them talking to each other. Fantastic. Fantastic. Stop it. All right, yeah, we get it, Natty. Wonderful. Stop I uh but the first like feud I was probably invested in was her and Beth, and then they abandoned it and they made her fart. Like that was like what I remember. <laughs> well, in fairness, you don't want her farting on the Glamazon. That would just be fucking. <laughs> no, that would wrong. be gross and gnarly. Yeah. But I'm sure plenty of dudes are ripping ass in the ring. Oh god! But they they like the... had this story that you could finally buy into, and then they just completely threw it threw it to the side. Like nothing ever got resolved out of it. It seemed like it could have been a mania thing, and it got scratched. Like just never uh, never took off. I wonder how many women yeah, shit their I... pants in the ring. Like yeah, I don't know if if Moolah ever took a shit, <laughs> I've asked. They don't yeah, answer. They don't you do. That's them. actually true. You do ask. I've ta- I've pooped my britches, darling. <laughs> Moolah. Oh my God, May Young. She probably fucking whiskey shits. Wolf Moolah. 
Who wants to see diarrhea? <laughs> Probably had the shits during her hand baby birth. Oh my god! Imagine, oh dude, imagine she, pregnancy. Like fucking just on the doctor. Probably sad. <laughs> that poor doctor. I'm sorry, Matt. Continue. <laughs> uh, next is the singles match for the world heavyweight championship. Oh, John Cena defended against. John Bradshaw Layfield, who had Shawn Michaels in his corner. Oh, this is when my Shawn Michaels was poor. <laughs> is yeah, this is this is what I don't remember at all. Yeah, Not this Sarah. Shawn Michaels was poor, and, and fucking... Shawn Michaels was JBL's employee. <laughs> yes. I don't remember anything about but this. Them. Is this is this is a tale as old as time. We had Nikolai Volkov with uh, the Million Dollar Man. We yeah, had the Nikolai, big... Come on, you're not. All right, stop it. Stop yourself. No, Nikolai the Volkov like and Shawn Michaels. Yes, there might as well be the same person, Kevin. Stop. And they did well, the listen, same that's shit. With the... That's your Shawn Michaels hate shining through. Shawn, no, they did the same shit with the Big Show later on too. Didn't the Big Show fucking wasn't he like Stephanie's slave or Triple H's slave or some shit? I think you they used to make sleep. him cry. Remember they made him cry. How they make him cry? Cries. Because he he needed the money, <laughs> little boy. <blue. laughs> so I, the first moment I remember being like, I might have to abandon this. This show is really fucking stupid. Was the Vicky Guerrero Edge Big Show love triangle? If you remember that, I was like, I, I think it was Edge Vicky Guerrero and Big Show in a no, love triangle, it Edge, and Vicky I was like, Guerrero and Crystal Marshall. I was like, I might need to not watch the show anymore this is too low for my brain to stoop i thought that i didn't realize big show was in, involved in a love i think triangle. it was I, big show i thought wasn't like um wasn't crystal marshall bobby lashley's ex the wedding planner for edge and vicky guerrero's wedding and then edge got with crystal marshall and like that that that's the only love triangle i remember between uh. Big, Sh- Big Show was mixed up in in one of those love. I remember Big Show and and Vicky Guerrero. I I don't. I, I just just fleeting memory of it, but he was definitely involved in it somewhere. Okay, no, because like I know he was definitely involved in in their story for sure at some point. I found a list. Uh oh, love triangles. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty wait, sure. Wait, wait, can we take some guesses? I mean, I mean there's ten of them. Okay, well, I mean, there's got to be Hogan Savage uh, Elizabeth on there. I hope so. There's got to be Triple H, Test, and Stephanie. Triple H, Kurt Angle, and Stephanie. Stephanie. Okay, uh, let me give you guys a little context to this. These are 10 wrestling triangles you completely forgot about. Triple H, uh, Trish Stratus, and Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let's see. Now, these are forgotten ones. Triple H, Katie Vick, and Katie. Will you let Jesus. (laughs) Ah, Lita, Snitsky, and Kane, right? The baby <laughs> kicker. That's a good I one. wish I could forget about that one. <laughs> All right, well, number one is Big Show Edge Vicky Guerrero. All right. WWE forced a love triangle storyline heading into WrestleMania 25 when having Big Show join a triple threat match with Edge and John Cena for the World Championship. The storyline featured Vicky Guerrero having an affair with Big Show behind Edge's back. That's a big, big show and edge having issues created the reason for a triple threat match with Cena having the face roll to even things out. Fans would have preferred the legendary edge versus Cena rivalry having a singles match instead of an unnecessary <laughs> love triangle. No way. <laughs> I, 
this list is a little fugazi. All right, number two is Shawn Michaels, Rick Martel, Sensational Sherry. Everyone remembers that. Everyone remembers that, yeah. No punching in the face match at SummerSlam 92. Uh, number three, Scott Steiner. God, is it, is it Medeja oh, involved? Medeja. In test? Correct, Tony. Oh, uh, Stacey Keebler in uh, test, WWE. Okay. Oh I love testicles. No straight males forgetting a Stacey Keebler love triangle. <laughs> Towson <laughs> University, shout out. <laughs> Boom. Uh, Gold Dust Pillman Reynolds is one. Okay. But that's the oh, that's good. That's, yeah. Died. Yeah. Uh, the John Cena, Dolph Ziggler, AJ Lee storyline. Oh, all right, show. yeah. Oh, is there a John Cena, Zack Ryder, Eve Torres in there? Uh, that is number eight. There you Unforgettable. Go. Him getting wheelchaired off the ramp was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kane, Kane, Matt Hardy, Lita. I feel like that's not forgettable. No, that was a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Sort of forgot about it. There was a love triangle between Perry Saturn, Raven, and Terry Runnels. I know Saturn was with Terry, but I didn't realize yeah. Raven had anything to do with that. You're welcome. Uh, the Radicals joining WWE saw them all have different character directions. Perry Saturn entered a relationship with Terry Reynolds as his manager and girlfriend. However, a face turn when he came uh, when his <laughs> oh, head was yeah? really a mop. An argument can be made for Moppy. Oh, yeah. uh, an argument can be made for Moppy as the third party in the love triangle, but Reynolds eventually left Saturn. What are you sticking Reeves. up his ass? <laughs> this is a terrible list. Yeah, that's a terrible fucking uh, Billy Kidman, David Flair, Tori Wilson. All right, that's WCW. And Dawn Marie, Jackie Gata, and Charlie Haas. Really? Huh. Yeah, what, about, what about what about Al Wilson? Is Al Wilson in, on there anywhere? Oh shit! Yeah, but no, that wasn't really. That was more of a. Yeah, it wasn't really a triangle. Yeah, five love triangles that rocked the, the WWE. <laughs> Christian, <Edge> Hardy. <laughs> Christian Tristratus, Chris Jericho. Jericho okay, yeah. that was Mania. That was WrestleMania. Savage Liz Hogan. There you Duh. go. Kane, Tori, X Pac. Right. Not Tori Wilson. Tori. Tori. Uh, yeah. Jack Tori. Yuck face. Um, Jack Tori. I mean, they're both jacked, but yuck face. Tori was super jacked. What do you mean yuck face? She was hot, bro. All right. No. Well, Her <laughs> face was <laughs> Yes, they're stupid. Stupid. When was the last stupid. time you looked Tori's face? Yeah. Every night of my dreams, baby. Oh, Jesus. Ow. No, not <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't remember. That's a lot of plastic surgery there. <laughs> she was cute looking when she was younger. All right, who else was on the list? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, Edge to Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. And Kurt Angle. Ah, that's the one I called. It's, it's 907, and Tony has to take his Peloria before he goes to bed. That's right. <laughs> okay, so John, uh, Shawn Michaels is poor in this? Yes. Uh, Shawn Michaels is broke. He spent he too much money, money on crooked eye surgery. This was, again, keeping in mind, this was my first pay-per-view ever, and I had started watching, like, a couple weeks before. I did not understand JBL at all. I was like, what is this, like, out-of-shape cowboy doing? So, wait, did you, buy, did you buy this pay-per-view? I watched it at a friend's house. So it gotcha. was, like, the first, um... he. 
I was like, hey, I watched Raw the other day, and I knew he had watched for a long time, and he was like, you should come over for for pay-per-view or whatever, and that was when, it was like good to have someone guiding me through it, because I think Royal Rumble is every wrestling fan's favorite, but when you see it for the first time, you're kind of like, what is happening That was going to be my next question. Did you have any idea what the Royal Rumble was before you watched the show? I did, because I was... Like, I was starting to get really into it. So I was, like, asking around. And I think I had kind of, like, I'd watched kind of peripherally, like, a couple of old ones. But, like, I mean, they obnoxiously explained the rules to you. But, like, having someone there to be, like, you know, other feuds get set up and this is how. Like, having someone to kind of guide you through, like, the significance of that stuff was was really like helpful to watch it with a fan who knew what was going on. Cause otherwise you're like, this is just a bunch of dudes in the ring getting thrown over the ropes. Like you don't understand how um, impressive and uh, like what a great storytelling device and, and how much it can set things up going into WrestleMania. Like that's another thing you don't know as a fan is like, Oh, it's WrestleMania season now. I'm like, what do you, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, It's funny looking over this card, realizing how, um, how much I didn't know about wrestling at all at that point. What was the mindset? Like, what was the mindset? Like you said, this was your first pay-per-view and you just started watching like raw weeks prior to this. What was the mind? Like, what was the mindset of like, Oh shit, I'm going to check this out now. Cause if you weren't really into it prior to what was the, like, what was the, what was the switch of the decision there? Honestly, it was like the first raw I'd ever watched was with an ex-boyfriend who had watched it. And I was like, he's not sticking around, but this is, this is really cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, the first thing that like grabbed me was legacy. Like I thought that stable was so cool. And I, I still think it could have been so much more special than they let it be. But that was the first time I understood like the, the art form part, part of it probably of like, um, be like, oh my God, these guys all have this common thread of this next generation wrestler thing, but they all have these very individual personalities and as a as a new fan, seeing Randy Orton is like that like X factor, whatever you want to call it stuff, like his charisma, like and just doing fundamental heel things really well when you first begin watching is so like I remember being like, he can't do that. Like, why did the referee like very, very real reactions? Like Randy Orton's so good at evoking those. So that was the first like thing that grabbed my attention from like a, a character development standpoint that wasn't just like, Hey, this is pretty cool. Like, let me watch and see who I start to like and who my favorites are. She just likes the guys in spandex. Let's come on. Let's be honest. No pants Orton, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so Cena beats uh, JBL. Shocker. Edge beats Jeff Hardy in the no disqualification match with a little help from Matt. Matt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, Kevin, Chavo Guerrero is in Edge's corner. That's right. The least important Guerrero of all time. <laughs> you know, I heard a story that he got into a fist fight uh, at a bar at WrestleCon with Fatu's, uh, with Rikishi's jeweler. <laughs> heard that too, actually. Brother. Yeah, he definitely needs a smoke break. Yeah. Definitely needs a smoke Chavo break. Chavo needs to sit a few plays out. He likes... Yeah, I'm sorry. Fucking Guerreros versus the Samoans. Chavo doesn't have a chance. Especially when you're like the worst one. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we're not talking Hector Armando here. We're talking fucking. Yeah, we're not talking the godly Gooker here. We're talking <laughs> fucking Chavo and fucking. I, oh, you know what? To his credit, he is a former ECW champion. So I'll give him that. Dun, well, dun, he was dun. not in the Royal Rumble. Who was the worst in the Royal Rumble in 2009? Who was that? The... Would be the Brian Kendrick. Really, over 2009, Jim Duggan. <laughs> he was number oh. 30. He was like the last guy, right? Jib was 29. 29, yeah. No, Big, Brian Kendrick Big lasted like 30. 15 seconds, and he botched the elimination, so Triple H had to do it again. For whom? Because I'm a man with the plan. Do-do-do-do. Brian Kendrick? Yeah, that's right. I'm a big Brian Kendrick guy. This Despite. is like Mysterio was in there for 50 minutes, as was Trips. Santino was only in there for a second. <laughs> is this that one? No, seeing Rey Mysterio for the first time, like in a Royal Rumble, that is that was one of those things that definitely grabbed you. So you know what's wild, Kate, is because he won in like 2005 or 2006, 2000, something like that. I want to say it was 2006. Six. It was 2006 because Batista won in 2005. Um, so like the, the fact that that was your first time, like I get it, like you only can control what you can control, and you became a fan when you became a fan. So like, but the fact that like, Rey Mysterio won Royal Rumble two thousand six and then became world champion, and then and then he, and you know what? Coincidentally, he came in at number one, then, right? At, and then came in number one in uh, two thousand nine. So there's but a lot. That of- was like seeing what he could do in the ring, seeing what he could do. Like talk about greatest luchador of all time stuff. Like the way that he now realizing it, like as a more mature in my wrestling fandom, like the way he makes things make sense for his size in a Royal Rumble match, like just incredible stuff. And the look and the music, like that was one of those, like this guy rules. Like he's so easy to get behind and so easy to root for. And I'll I'll even piggyback on that because I'm such a Royal Rumble, like addict. Like I'll watch a Royal Rumble every single day for the rest of my life. Um, it, It was him that really kind of started the whole funky way to keep yourself in the match before like John Morrison before Kofi Kingston, uh, before Trinity uh, or uh, Naomi in WWE, like he did the. I, I'm I I could be wrong, but I think he was the first person that would literally he walked on two people's backs to get back into the match. So that was like that created a whole shitstorm of John Morrison. Oh, hey, I'm gonna get bumped out, but I'm gonna grab onto the wall, spider walk, and come back. Like, um, yeah, the the abuse of the it takes two feet to touch the ground thing. Yeah. No, I, I hate it. I'm not going to lie to you. I absolutely hate it. And I hate that like it's become a gimmick now where every time Kofi Kingston comes in the Royal Rumble, you know he's not winning. But you know he's going to do something that like yeah, at this point know. is super fucking cheesy. But, but to your point, like Ray was one of those guys that was doing it to stay in the match. Like he right. he and like. Like, when Shawn Michaels was getting thrown over the ropes, like, he was trying to reach back over the ropes to stay yeah. in the match at all times. Skin like, Ray wasn't would... doing it for a spot fest. Ray was doing it to stay in the match. Yeah. Like, I just remember being, like, finding him so remarkable. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. Can we can we not gloss over the fact that Vladimir Kozlov has three eliminations in this thing? So oh, this is just going to... I'm sorry, Matt. I was just going to ask about Vladimir Kozlov. This looks like they were uh, 
come on, Kali, MVP, and Carlito all gone at the hands of Kozlov in the first so, eight minutes. So this is like Kozlov at this point was kind of beyond his main push because as we go to Mania, like him and Triple H, I think, have a match maybe at No Way Out. But like he are, had already had his like triple threat match with him and uh, Jeff Hardy, or like, or maybe it's even after Mania they get to to him. But he's they uh, were he's sorry, Kev. He's in the elimination chamber at uh, No Way Out that Triple H uh, ends up winning. Of course right. he is, bro. It's fucking Vladimir Kozlov. I like the gimmick. I like the guy. It's a shame it didn't work out for him. Yeah, and then but once like just like with Kali, like once the bloom is off the rose for him, like he just fell to like Yeah, but Ka- listen, Kozlov doing like the tea break with Santino, that was some funny shit. Dude. No, Kozlov it was good. Was- that's exactly that's exactly where my head was going was Kozlov and, and Santino. Like they're just comedy gold. Yeah, but then like him but even before that, like he they in ECW they had him Regal had him and Ezekiel Jackson as his heavies. So like he just completely fell off after a really strong push uh when he first got there. So it, it was just a very weird time in, in Kozlov's career. But they have at the Rumble they still gave him they still gave him uh spots and they still put him over pretty big. I mean Kali, listen everyone knows Kali is getting eliminated by somebody. Let's be honest. Ka- Kali ain't winning no rumbles. So whether it's Beth Phoenix or whether it's you know Undertaker or whether it's Vladimir Kozlov, Kali is getting eliminated in some sort of fun spot that people are going to remember just because, despite how awful he is, he's it's it'll it'll be like the gasp moment. Yeah, I remember being like, "This guy can't walk, talk, or wrestle." <laughs> yeah. Kali. And, so, and this is still babyface Kali, but he's still wearing like the black like gear. So this is like just babyface Kali. We got some great guys in here, too. Did you know Vladimir Kozlov recently made an on-screen cameo at Impact Wrestling? Yes. Yeah, because Santino was there. Santino's a director of authority. Well, I I, I don't know if you know, Justin Roberts announced the Royal Rumble for this show, too. Yeah. How did he say John Morrison's name? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hand job. Fucking Mike. Carlito's here. We just saw Carlito this past weekend. That was awesome, awesome by the way. By the way. We, if we want to talk about that, that match I, was a spectacle and so awesome. Yeah, I really don't. Fuck that. Um, Did you watch it? Yeah, of no, course I watched it. It was, it. It was fantastic. really good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Ted DiBiase, before he went to prison, was in this match. Oh, he's not there junior. yet, and he's not even going to stand trial next month. Cody Rhodes is back in the E. He's in jail. Oh, Ted DiBiase Jr. was in there for fucking 45 minutes. Well, of course last, he was, bro. The last four guys. Came down to legacy against the, the game. No, it came to the Randy Orton, no? Orton, yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah, but the, that's Triple the legacy. H. Yeah, oh, that's Triple right. H. I forgot he was there. He was the game. <laughs> legacy was like it. I was so in on the legacy. Like, I immediately gravitated toward heels, and I felt like... Like... To this day, my favorite Cody might be Dash and Cody Rhodes. Like I nope, love Stardust. Oh. Stardust. I amazing. loved Dash. Like it felt so up his alley because, like, I I don't know. I just the feel fact like that, the fact that he hates Stardust annoys me because he was so fucking good as Stardust. He Yo, was... Mattel's releasing a figure of Stardust. Of course they are. It's fucking money. 
<laughs> Yo, first of all, Cody Rhodes made anything, the shit that they gave him, he made the best that he fucking good. But nothing they gave him was good other than Legacy. That tag I felt team, like he No, nah, Dash and Cody was good. No, with the, the fucking part. no, with the fucking stupid plastic mask on his face and the fucking no, putting paper like, bags on people's heads. Remember like the mirror and him like look like he knocked yes. that like yep. that like 80 sweet spot part of it. I felt like he knocked that shit out of the park. But I I'm will not... say like legacy should have been such a bigger thing because the amount of stories you could have told and like Randy Orton leading a serious stable with Cody Rhodes, who was young, but good. And Ted DiBiase Jr. Who was like serviceable enough. Like those oh, guys should have been. DiBiase was the one that thought that was going to be the bigger star. The like break out of that. Right. Yeah. But like, I'm just the promos that they could have cut of like those guys being next generation wrestlers running rough shot all over the whole WWE. Like, I felt like there's such a missed opportunity there, and I was they, so drawn in. They kind of butchered Legacy by putting, uh, and this is no disrespect to them, uh, Snooka's kid and um, Alpha Junior in there, and they just didn't look like a million bucks like Cody and. Uh, Wait, and, Sim Snooka was in there? Yeah, for a very brief period, and then they beat the shit out of him. They jumped him out, basically. It was perfect quick too. opponents like yeah. should have just been an opponent angle because the same and, stories right there. And it's getting they're like it's like they just didn't fit like and this is weird to say because if they there's an easy way that they pro, the WWE probably could have made it work, but like Sim Snooker was wearing like like weird like he had like a black like muscle shirt on and black like his gear was terrible. Off a junior, like the other guys were like in the same world a little bit. Yeah, they were in the same world. They were cut from chisel, like they were like, and Sim Snooker was Jack too. Don't get me wrong, but like they just didn't fit the mold of what the group could have been. Now, if they elaborated on it and if they could have said like defined roles for these other two, then yeah, it probably could have worked. But they never did, and that's why the other two didn't last, and that's why you don't really hear much about them other than the independent scene i remember thinking uh i'm looking at the list of people that were in here i remember thinking shelton benjamin was cool as hell and i still think that oh shelton was so cool um and i remember i i mean i always like punk but jtg was in this my goodness double-sided coin baby that's what's up if you i really liked mvp too Take a look at the roster, though. Look at how many guys are still in WWE. Like, Dolph Ziggler's still there. R-Truth is still there. Kofi's still there. Shelton's there. Cody Rhodes is back. The Miz. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty nuts. Like, this is 2009. This is, what, 14 years ago now? Mm -hmm. Mysterio, Morrison, yeah. Fucking Carlito probably just came back. Who knows if it's just a cup of coffee, but still. Yeah, Morrison's Morrison's gone, though, but he was back recently. And Randy. They are silly if they don't make more of that Carlito thing. What happened on Saturday was just like that was such a special moment. They, they were, They'd be they, dumb not to capitalize. They were, they were supposed to do it when he came back for the Rumble that one time and it never came to fruition. I'll tell you this. I have the very inappropriate t-shirt that is associated with him. I, spit in <laughs> I have the, face? the do you spit or swallow uh, oh, no. Carlito shirt. <laughs> I'm going to put 
come on you. Like, nobody's ever come on you before. Tony, know what I do have, though? I have that Carlito hat that you gave me, like, years ago. It's still in the plastic. I'm sorry, I never wore it. But I think Jerk off! <laughs> might be a valuable collector's okay. item nowadays. A valuable collector's item? Oh, if he comes back. I spit in the face of people who do not want to. Yo, be you could have got a ton of trim down in Puerto Rico if you were wearing that thing at the fucking show on Saturday. I'm moving. I'm moving to Puerto Rico. I'm, yeah, Puerto dude. Ricans are my new favorite people. Stick. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, Two this array, fun, that array, bro. Puerto Rico way. They got some big heinies down in Puerto Rico too. You got a big heiny. Fuck yeah, yeah I do. Songs for fucking everyone. The the uh, brand uh, there's no there's no brand distribution here. This is all horseshit. There's four EC four people representing ECW, and what the fuck? Fucking thirty spots. Ten ten ten. What you want? Freaking Braden Walker and uh, fucking Ricky Ortiz in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's better than fucking uh, Santino Morella for one second, Dolph Ziggler for twenty one, and Brian Kendrick for fifteen. Listen. Back to back to back. Santino Morello wasn't ready. One thing that did jump out at me was like, I couldn't remember in this era kind of what qualified as a nostalgia pop versus what was people just like later in their careers. Like I couldn't, I didn't know if RVD was yeah, like dead. full roster at that point or anything, no. but it, it did seem like there were way less like nostalgia pop spots. Well, RVD was, was it. Like that was it. Like yeah. That was the was, only one, right? Yeah. And Jim Duggan was there. Oh, yeah, but Jim Duggan was signed to Raw. No, yeah, I think he signed after this. I think he signed after this. Nah, Wikipedia is never wrong, dude. No, at New Year's Revolution, Duggan. Oh, wait, hold on. I gotta find 2009. He probably came out with like DiBiase and Slaughter and all them and got involved somehow, and then they gave him a match. No, I'm telling you, I I think this is he signed. Oh, no, because he was on the he was on the roster because all right, so Brian Kendrick, this is how I remember this. Because there was a match where like Randy Orton and John Cena faced the entire Raw roster. And Brian Kendrick was not the Brian Kendrick yet. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan was on that team. He was a Brian Kendrick, not the Brian Kendrick. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think he was signed, left, and got maybe got cut and came back for this. He's on a Legends deal, bro. Was it remind me of the timeline though? Because didn't he? They, he worked like a triple threat match with was it Piper and Steamboat at like Taboo Tuesday or something like that? No, wasn't it the th- no? Uh, was it, it three of them no, against? You're, think, uh, you're thinking of the Jericho, the, the Jericho with uh, okay with Steamboat, Piper, and Snuka. That's at, what it was at, at WrestleMania. Gotcha. So Jim Duggan is involved in the WWE from 2006 to 2009. He doesn't yeah. resurface back up in the WWE into 2012. Oh. 2006, he's working house shows against Viscera. Holy oh. shit. He's beating Snitsky on Sunday Night Heat. He's beating Eugene on house shows. So he's long gone as, as a regular performer by 2009, and he just comes back because I believe it's like, what, like the 25th anniversary of... Uh... The Rumble or some shit like that. Dude, he's all over WWE in 2007. He's losing to Trevor Murdoch. He's losing tag matches. Uh, he's a tag team partner with Super Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I want to say like he teamed with like Davy Boy Smith Jr. too when Davy Boy was still like new to the roster. He was beating Charlie Haas at house shows. 
in 2008. Like he's all over the fu- why? Is there is there is there a Why gap between Jared Is there a gap between 2008 and the Rumble? No, he's the Rumble's the last time he's there. So maybe he was hurt and just not on TV cuz like Unless I'm unless I'm confusing it with a later Rumble where he does come back and he his last house show is September of 2008 and then he shows up for the Rumble in 2009. Okay, right. so that's a, that's a pretty big gap. September of 08 and January. That's a couple months. Three no, months. no, but I'm saying like if you're not on TV, no. like, and then he comes back as a surprise for the Rumble. That's right. But if he's if he's working like house shows though, you know what I mean? Like just as a, I'm no, guessing no, but, just like as a nostalgia act. But from September to January, he's not doing anything. Matt said. Ah, oh, gotcha. So that's a decent, like that's enough time to make you forget about somebody. So when they come back, it's. Yeah. Perhaps you're thinking of 2012, Kevin, when he returns at the Royal Rumble. Then he is teaming with Santino Morello against Epico and Primo on SmackDown. I was not thinking of that. And then Tuesday Night SmackDown, it's Duggan, Santino Morello, and Sergeant Slaughter against Camacho, Drew McIntyre, and Unico. Oh, I remember that. I can't believe Drew McIntyre's first run didn't go better. (laughs) I remember that like it was yesterday. Camacho? Come on, Joe. Yikes. He's back in 2013 too. Jesus Christ! Just That's like, the rum- that might be the rumble I'm thinking about. Does he show up in that rumble? No, he shows up to wrestle fucking Jack Swagger on a random Monday Night Raw in in March. Oh, okay. ECW legend Jack Swagger. Put some respect on his name. That's right. 2013. <laughs> 14. Thank you, Kate. Oh, Randy Orton wins up winning yep. uh, this Royal Rumble. And then he's off to WrestleMania 25. That's right. Ain't no stopping him now. Who does he wrestle at 25? Triple H? It's a, tri- it's a little uh, triple threat ski, or is it one-on-one ski? Triple H defeats Randy Orton by pinfall. Had Triple H been counted out or disqualified, he would have lost the title. But how did Triple H get the belt if he was in the Rumble? Oh, elimination he won chamber. the Elimination Chamber uh, in No Way Out. So who was the champ? Edge was oh, fucking stupid. No way out was <laughs> stupid. Who booked this shit? No way out was uh action figure Shelton booked this shit. Okay. It looks like Ready? fucking uh Virgil. Follow follow this along. <laughs> no way out. He looks like Virgil, dude. Soul Train Jones. 2012, <laughs> no way out. Open. 2009, excuse me. Yeah, no I was way gonna out. say, what Open. the fuck, dude? With Edge defending his WWE Championship in the Elimination Chamber, losing it to Triple H. This involved Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, Big Show, Vlad Kozlov. In the main event for John Cena's World Heavyweight Championship match, Edge wins. Uh, Is that the cash-in? No. No, he's part of the... uh, He's part of it because he attacks uh, Kofi Kingston and replaces him in the match. SOS. SOS. Hear me shouting. I'm not even from Jamaica. I'm from Ghana. <laughs> An old mom keeping kayfabe alive. Oh, the best was when when Randy Orton cut him off. He's like, didn't you have an accent? Remember when they had it yeah. during their feud? He just completely just broke. He's like, hey. Didn't you have an accent? Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> you hear me shout then? 
Shelton. <laughs> that is uh that is down yeah. the aisle for Royal Rumble 2009. There you yeah, go. Baby. Yay. Well, Kate, that was a lot of fun. That was fun. Thank you, fellas. Thanks That's a real us. weird time in wrestling to go back and visit. <laughs> what yeah, can... CM Punk was world champion, and then he was the intercontinental champion. Oh, yeah, it was real weird. Yeah. I loved Straight Edge Society Punk, though. I got, I was so into that dude from like you like shave head Serena Deeb. Well, just like Straight Edge Jesus, I was like, this is a good. That guy was getting heat. Like, he well, was this was kinda... before that because that Rumble was great, where he tried to convince everyone to join the Straight Edge Society. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that rumble. Good Every time stuff. someone came in, he's like, you. And and, and again, Ryder, he was like, you, you have potential. I see potential. And then he knocks him out with the microphone and throws him out. Perfect. Yeah. Those are fun. Oh. Thank you, fellas. Well, it's fun to be back on here. Thanks for joining Kate. us, Kate. Kate. It was great to have you back on. What does your uh, thing say? Fight club. Oh, come on. I can't even change it. What does it say? I'm not even logged know. in. Hashtag I don't know how to do it either. Eat picks. Wow. Kate, what are you trying to tell us? <laughs> this is like the eighth least terrible thing that's happened to me on the show. I'm yelled at to come on here with a thong first. Yeah, Kate, you've been. Yeah, I, this is like very, to... very low on the total. Listen, today. The, the hype was built up. We had to keep it going. That's fair. That's fair. I probably should just make my money and get out of here. Oh, Thanks. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed Kate, I mean, she's everywhere on, on the wrestling scene at Miss Kate Fabe on the Twitter machine. Sour Graps on Tuesday nights right after NXT. Uh, Mark Order Podcast Wednesday nights right after Dynamite. Are you still doing the post show after SmackDown and Rampage? I am, and I do the ROH one on Thursdays. <laughs> my God, when do you sleep, woman? I don't. Oh so my much. goodness, Kevin, your microphone <laughs> is muted. So I'm so glad. <laughs> what? How'd you mute my mic? No one. I didn't, no one. You muted your mic. You muted uh, your mic. Ah, good call. Uh, so <laughs> me, me and Kate had a great time uh, the other night down in uh, Rawway after WrestlePro. So that hell was yeah, time. we did. Yeah, it was good times, right? <laughs> Tony. No, that time it was me. <laughs> well, you did it again. I'm not it this time. All right, so my button, must, my button must be sticking. Stop it. Must have been all of this, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, just all right, that array. Sticky buttons. <laughs> no, that's not it. I don't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's it. Tony's calling it a night. We didn't even get to talk about backlash. Tony's done. Fuck, you want to stay on? You could we stay on. About, I didn't, Matt, I didn't get, even get to ask you who that guy was at the end of Dantaku. No, you can ask away. Tony, Tony's got to go. Yeah, I'm leaving. Fuck all, all right, y'all. Good night, Tony. Goodbye. Bye, Kate. Wait, should I hit end Hi, broadcast? No, don't end the no, broadcast. No, don't hit end broadcast. Please. I still have questions for Matt. Kevin's got questions. We still have a little wrestling talk we can do. All right, good. Kate, then I'll welcome the to hang out if you want. I'll hang out. Why not? Yeah, Kate, you could be Tony too, Electric Boogaloo. There you go. Yeah, Tony, Tony, I'm done with you. Goodbye. Good night, T-Dog. Bye, Gracie. Bye, bye Tony. So, Matt, so, I watched New Japan. Okay. A lot of questions. I got a lot of answers for you, big guy. Who? First and foremost, who was the dude that that beat the crap out of Sonata after Sonata won the belt? 
Oh, we didn't even talk about picks, by the way. So which one do you want to talk about first? Want to do picks first? So there's been a shift in the picks, Kevin. Me and you are tied atop. Yeah. I, hey! I'm talking the Cody Rhodes pick at Backlash killed me. Uh, Handsome Kevin went perfect at Backlash. Everyone else went six and one. I Matt, no. I had Cody winning first, and then I switched it. I had the the photo evidence to prove it. Uh, well, you know so. what? That you shouldn't have sent it. Then you should have gone with Cody. Yeah, should have. Should have gone with Cody. Um, but yeah, me and Kevin are tied atop ninety two thirty eight and one. That one is obviously the fifteen minute time. Wait, me and Kevin or him, Kevin? Uh, you, sir. Uh, KJG, oh, yeah. excuse me. Uh, Tony is a game back. Uh, Brendan is five back, and Handsome Kevin slowly making that crawl. That's seven and zero oh at Backlash. Very, very popular. It'll all be cleaned up a little next week because there won't be as many asterisks and picks, and it just looks like fucking phone numbers. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> now that I see it, it annoys me that I did it that way. I apologize. <laughs> um. Backlash was awesome, I thought. I never watched the WWE product, really, but I thought the pay-per-view was done well. Um, I would like Bianca Belair to stop dropping people on their heads, and I would like Bailey to wear more outfits like that. That was, whoa. That was well, the, like, creative. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but whoa. Uh, the, uh, that match was, I'm not a giant Bianca fan. But that match was incredible, and EO was was lights out. Those two worked so well together. But that just that one spot where she just dropped her on her face, just I, I was I was very concerned for EO in that moment. I don't know I don't know how that went wrong, and I can't really n- know who to put the blame on for that one. Um, it would have to be it would have to be Bianca. In, the, in that in that situation, she's got her up by one hand. She didn't get back up to two to, to spin her. Well, but the whole point, she's done the one-handed press before and nailed it flawlessly. So I, I, I don't know if EO got over enough. And again, like this is just me talking from somebody who's seen people practice wrestling and seen people like do this in the ring. And so I'm not I'm not 100% blaming um Bianca, but I'll tell you what made me nervous was when fucking I don't, I'm jumping ahead when Bad Bunny went to go do that slice bread number two, and I thought <laughs> he was gonna fucking concuss the fuck out of himself. Holy crap! I can't imagine being Bad Bunny's like music manager or publicist and yeah. watching him in that match. Like, yeah, in the, in the middle <laughs> of a worldwide freaking tour, <laughs> like. Yeah, You're probably I'll, like, oh, I saw Snooki do a backhand spring at WrestleMania. Go have fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's but... out here fucking dropping Michinoku drivers and shit. Oh like, my god, unreal that dude. Yo, Before... Bad Bunny was flawless. Other than that, like, I think he was absolutely perfect in this match. Before we get on the Bad Bunny thing, I do want to ask this because I don't watch a lot of WWE product. Does the WWE make a big deal out of the fact that Bianca's been the champion since fucking last yes, year's they do. Yeah, they, I yeah. think that's a remarkable statistic. They do. They mentioned it on the show. They said that she's been the the, uh, the raw woman. No, no, champion. I know they mentioned it, but I'm saying, do they make a big deal out of it? Like, well, they don't. It, they don't. It's not like it's Roman Reigns a thousand days type deal, right. but they do. They do mention it. Yeah, for the she they, might. They do a good job with it because they're on this whole kick of wanting to update the record books. 
yeah and but her now, being a, a black women's champion too they yeah. they i think do a good job of promoting it without shoving it down your throat there are so many like important things about bianca's reign right now that is just so incredible because like she was in nxt she was great she came to raw she was great like she came to the main roster great um she had oh, she had work to do. She wasn't perfect when she when she got here. She wasn't perfect in NXT, but now she's so like I mentioned the word flawless before. I'm not going to say that she's flawless. I'm not going to say she's flawless in the same sense that I think like Charlotte's flawless or I think that Becky's flawless. But she's like she's probably right there. And but everything that she's done with her reign has been executed perfectly. And she, All right. I got another question. Okay. She's currently she is the Raw Women's Champion of 400 plus days. She's eclipsed Becky Lynch by yeah. 27 days. But she got drafted to fucking SmackDown, right? So now yeah. does that does that change? Does, does she have to switch titles? Is this gonna? So I guess we'll find out on on maybe on Raw because the draft officially. See, this is so this is another thing that pisses me off. Is the draft? apparently is only is executed tonight right so like that's why you had smackdown people on raw or raw people on smackdown on friday so but now you have these two tournaments and the two triple threat matches you have smackdown wrestlers competing for a belt that's only supposed to be competed on for raw which it's so dumb so there was like a rumor and i don't know if they're gonna do it but that they were going to get away from that they were going to make one the women's universal title and one the women's world title so they could stop with this. We have to switch the well, titles we have every to time we belts, do it. Right, and like hand them off to each Bullshit. other. Like, yeah. it, I wouldn't be against it. I just don't want to fuck up her. So the lineage of, of her reign. Yeah, yes, I, th- I think that would important. be an important way to. All right. So, Kate, let me ask you this real quick. So, I don't think. I think people nowadays can understand that just because you're holding the championship of a different it's a, it's technically a different belt but at the end of, at the end of the day if they're held in equal regard i don't think it's that big a deal that you just say hey okay i'm over here now i'm over here now we're equals i i get it you have to win a belt but like i don't hate as much as other people do that you just hand over the belt to the other person. Now the lineage is the lineage is one thing, <laughs> but like I think people know if you're a champion, you're a champion. So like to me, it's not. It's it's cool. Let's give her the IC title too. Then you know what I mean. Like my well, my no, bigger thing. You're not. You're, it, you're, you're, no, that's the woman. The woman. Cha- it's a world championship. You're not. I'm not trading down from the world championship to the IC title. No, but I'll- we're exchanging belts that are mutually like relatable. My bigger thing with it is then come Survivor Series in a few months, they then shove brand supremacy down your throat for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end after. And then, you know, come to the draft, they're like, eh, just switch. Also, it just bugs me, like, men's title, men's title. Yeah. Women's titles, brand specific. Women's titles, brand specific. Uh, it's just weird. Like, yeah. equalize it. And I think the belts, quite frankly, don't look good anyway. So, like, yeah. I, I totally follow something new, rearrange them. Keep the rain alive. It's just the cleaner move. But, but I mean, it. This, the, the decision was made to switch them. So, like, like you know what I mean. So, like now, like, 
other than like what what else can you do other than just trade like like Kevin? They won like, the world. Name the the other the Universal Women's. Like that's that's the super easy way to do it. It's just keep the lineages yeah, alive. Me, call one of them the world, one of them the Universal, and yeah. But put people people already shit on the uh, the world title as being secondary anyway. So it like well the heavyweight the world. Yeah, that's the okay. world. I mean, you're it's newly established though, right? or they don't even have to be called that, but stop making them brand specific and call them two things of the same equivalence, right? Like All right, well, all right, that's a different that's a different argument for sure. But like that's that's, that's the thing that is the right thing to do is make them equivalent but not brand specific. I okay. in my opinion. I right, no, that, that you know, that's perfectly fair. I agree with that. HK. I I hate the, the fucking brand split I always have. It's one of my least favorite things that they do. Uh, I do think, though, like, going back to when they had the the World Heavyweight Champion, the WWE Champion, that, like, that same concept, I think that's kind of, yeah. Kate, that, that's what you're saying, Kate, and I, I, I absolutely agree. I, the whole, like, yeah. passing off and stuff like that, that seems silly. I hate that they call it Universal chant like that's that shit was silly to me but yeah i think you know when they had the world champion and the wwe champion and they worked their you know their separate shows that that, that was fine for me do you guys remember how the world championship became to be a thing in wwe yes rick flair just gave it to fucking triple h he opened up, or no eric bischoff but do you know it was if that ha- that's how it started but then rick flair came out and it was decided by one match between triple h and rick flair that's how a world championship was decided. Eric Bischoff wanted to give it to Triple H. Ric Flair came out and said no. And then Ric Flair decided that they were going to fight each other for the, for the championship, for the world championship. Like in one, one foul swoop, one match like that, determined the top belt for one brand. It was... It's, I mean, I, I, it's better than putting names in a hat. Well, is that what they're doing? No, I'm just, I'm just yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, this, this uh, whole tournament thing with let's create a third championship when we had the opportunity to split two split titles. the other two. Yeah, and and to have people from SmackDown down who just got drafted there, which by the way, like TV networks have a stake in, so you already know who's on the SmackDown side. Probably ain't winning. Because um, I don't think Fox would be like, "Hey, I know you just drafted this person, but we're fine letting them go to USA." Like they don't want that shit. So and my Ke- guess is Ke- it's gonna be Seth Rollins. And Ke- Kevin, I think you're, uh, I think you're wrong on your title thing too. No, I'm totally right about the Ric Flair thing. <laughs> when the world had you, oh, well, I, fuck me running then for looking it up. You're yeah. right. I'm sorry. no, no, totally right. That's <laughs> Totally right. right. <laughs> let me just throw my fucking computer in the garbage. Please, please do. At least your internet's better. Thanks. So Still wrong, though. Eric Bischoff took it out of a, a fucking suitcase and handed it to Triple H. Ric Flair came out, and then they had a match that night, right? No. Oh, no. <laughs> At No Mercy, him and Kane, the IC type champion, had a match to unify both titles. No, but so so the title was already in existence then. Yes, it was when he gave it to Triple H. That's it. No, that's not it. It was he was the champion. <laughs> he was the number one contender, and then they made him the champion. You you might be confusing two different things, Matt. I okay, you're right. Kevin. No, no, no. I, I'm, I, I, no, I, I mean, you're right. I don't know how to read. 
I, all I'm saying is that on Monday Night Raw, Eric Bischoff tried to give Eric uh, tried to give Triple H the big gold belt. He took it out of, out of the thing, right? And then Ric Flair said he doesn't just get that; he has to earn it, or something to that nature. And then Triple H and Ric Flair had a match, and Triple H beat Ric Flair and was awarded the World Heavyweight Championship. No, he was already the world heavyweight champion. Ric but Flair. I'm talking not. about how the belt first came to existence. Yes, Eric Bischoff took it out of his case and said, "You're the champion." So they recognized him as the world champion. No, he yes. had to fight Ric Flair. He had to fight Ric Flair. He didn't have I'm to. Ric Flair came out and challenged him, but he was already the champion. He's recognized as the champion. Okay, all right, all right. That's bullshit semantics. <laughs> it's not semantics. <laughs> Is it not semantics? <laughs> if the match is champion Triple H versus Ric Flair, no, he's the fucking champion. Uh, all right, I'll give it to you, but it's bullshit. It's not me. It's right here on the screen. It's, it's bullshit. No, no, I get what you're saying, and you're right, but the point was that like he had all right, so he had to defend the championship. <laughs> Against her, but your whole the, how you started with the merging of the IC title was fucking bullshit and unnecessary. That's where it ended up. It's a beginning and an end. Well, no, it ended all the way down here. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I think the women should just have two equivalent titles. <laughs> <laughs> what else did we like about Backlash? Oh, bad buddy. I think I think you meant to say Savio Vega there, but that's fine. You know what? Actually, like the that whole match was so perfectly architected. I don't know why they can't just do great things whenever they go to people's hometowns or countries and let them win and let things be fun. Because like, they're not an indie company. <laughs> okay, but like the at Fight Club, and Sean says that I agree with it, like, the idea that, like, hometown heat is great if it follows you to the next town, otherwise someone is just losing. Like, it, <laughs> and that's so rare, I feel like, that it follows you to the next town. They always do that. Um, no, they, did, they did the right things here. They did, they did all the right things here. They had all the nostalgia pops that were perfect. Bad Bunny Man, just, like, from his entrance, coming out with the Raven shopping cart, like the move execution was great, but like the best celebrity storytelling involvement that I think I've ever seen, like the way he couldn't lay in the chair shot on Damian Priest the first time around, but then the second time around didn't fall for it. Like things that I wish wrestlers would do in matches <laughs> he was getting, like all of the shenanigans are folding like outside of the ring. And when he turns around, he expects Damian Priest is going to be there. To yeah. hit him with something. That's a great call. He was prepared for it. Like, I could not believe how much it felt like that guy had... Not just, like, the Bunny Destroyer looks great shit. I mean, like, wrestler instincts with the way, like, his facial expressions were and the way he was telling the story. The slice bread spot was scary, but, like, man, using yeah. Damian Priest's moves against him, like, that dude understands pro wrestling on, like, a, it felt like on a pro wrestler level. Not just like a celebrity who that that's my only thing with Logan Paul is I'm like his athleticism is great. He can't tell his story a lick in the ring yet, and he's had like four matches. Of course he can't. Ooh. Um but Bad Bunny can. 
and it was really really fun the crowd was just insane like it was what a blast to watch like so so much fun logan paul also hasn't had like a not like a crutch per se but like this was like a no dq match so bad bunny had room and 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 damian priest had room to make other things work that Logan Paul's matches have all been like straight wrestling matches, so I think Logan. Well, Saudi Paul... Arabia was the match against Roman. I want to say was no DQ or no. I don't think so. I mean, might as well. It was. I might be wrong. Enforced. It was loosely enforced then because Kate, if you're right, I'm going to say no. Time. You're wrong. You're wrong, Kate. You're wrong. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, because I know we're trying to get out of here soon. But that was my. I, I loved what Pat Mack did and with Adam Cole in NXT too, but to me that was the greatest yeah, celebrity involvement of all time, partly because of his performance in it and partly because of the circumstances that were just so, so incredibly well done. I'm with you. I thought the Zelina Vega stuff was awesome. Yeah. Uh, really great sweet. moment for her. The, the, what? I was going to say, can... I, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the match. I think Rhea Ripley's fantastic. I think Zelina Vega is very underrated. But the the tossing of the flip, the flip flop, yes. what they were, they, yeah, they were alluding to it being something important, but they never quite explained it. Do you? What's the what's the story behind That's that? Usually, what a mother uses to hit or threaten the life of their child is a flip flop. Is a flip flop. The flip flop comes like, out. Like, you know, you're culture. It's the chonkla is the, the, the name for the flip flop, but that's like. What you if mom was coming at you with the chonkla, like that's what kind of what our generation of like parents and grandparents the belt was the probably belt, to yeah. them was like okay. the, the chonkla. Wow, wow, and and people weren't up in arms saying that they were oh. glorifying uh domestic violence. Yo, Cole said, like, if you're the children out there know what we're talking about, like mm. Cole like literally like emphasized that it was about beating your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought the six-man tag was a lot of fun. I like the dissension still in the bloodline. The story's not old. I don't understand how Matt Riddle wrestles with no shoes on. It's amazing. I don't like him in the freaking diapers either, by the way. Like, you know, go back to the bikers. Like Manhog? Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, no, was weird. It was so weird that that previous match wasn't the main event. Like, I felt like the six-man was pretty fun, but nobody really gave a shit. Like, it felt like such a... Yeah. A downslide. Well, yeah, they love they, they love the the entrances, and also back, going back to Royal Rumble in two thousand nine, seeing Matt Riddle in trunks reminds me of just like seeing Jericho in trunks for the first time, and it just weirds me out. <laughs> like some people just aren't meant to wear trunks. Anyways, and then uh, Cody shined. He had a that match with Brock was great, great shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and no, yeah. I- Start to finish, it was it was an outstanding show. It was an outstanding show, and I was, I don't know, seeing Savio was was so perfect for me. I was super pumped to see Savio. So, but Savio, but, was, uh, Savio was fun. But you saw him backstage. The Carlito thing was really cool because Carlito was great. Yeah, he was cool. backstage, so that was cool. Yeah. yeah, I think they they really they they really knocked it out of the park. I think start to finish on the show. It was also an easy watch. Didn't lag at any point. Like it it moved real fast. The the triple threat at that I think left a lot to be desired just because I feel like you knew the outcome and it was just Bronson Reed looked good. Wasn't a ton to write home, but it was short. Like it, yeah. it, nothing dragged in the show. It was it was a really really. And you knew run. and you knew Austin Theory was going to be the the grimy guy that just just took advantage and picked yeah. the, the bones of whoever got hurt. And so Seth 
Seth kind of got a match out of Omos as well. Omos is good, man. He's mm, Seth you. Rollins is good. <laughs> yeah, Seth Rollins is good, but maybe. Yeah. No, no. I'm telling you, Omos. All right, so maybe Omos is not good. He's getting better. How about that? He's he is getting, getting better. better. Yeah. But like I say, Seth, Seth kind of got a match out of him, which is very impressive. What is a premium Peacock Plus? Just right, the ten dollars so, here, I think, yeah, and they give you so, more video packages and stuff on the WWE. Yeah, so if you don't have actual Comcast, or like you have, like I, I have Comcast, right? So I just pay the five dollars, and I get commercials where they would normally play video packages. If you're, if you actually pay the ten dollars a month, you get the video yeah. packages instead of the commercials. Yep. Now, see, I pay the ten dollars a month, and there were some where they didn't even show a video. They went, "If you ever, it's pe- not all the time." It's right. Peacock, they say it. If you're a Peacock Premium Plus, enjoy this video leading up to this match, and then it would just the screen would go black, and then the match would start. And I was like, "Oh, I don't really give a shit," but I was like, "This is weird that they say that." Were you watching it live? No, I was watching so, it. That, yeah. If you're if, if you're watching it live, you would have gotten the video packages. Oh, I didn't care either way. I just thought it was yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna wrap up. Uh, backlash was great. Kevin, what did you have, want to ask me about New Japan? Who was the guy that came out and beat the shit out of uh, Sonata after yeah. the main event? Uh, Yoda Suji. Is he in? Is he a New? Jo- I've never heard of him before. Is he a New he was Japan a young guy? Lion. He- okay. He was a young lion. He's been on excursion the last two and a half years. So he was in Europe and Mexico. I want to say. Was that a big deal though? Like people like is oh, he yeah. a big deal? Oh yeah, he's a big boy. I, yeah, I, just, so, I, no, I just never, I just never heard of him. I thought maybe like it was like a, a Noah guy or something like that. No, no. So he's, uh, you know how they do it in there. All the young lions have to spend their time. They have to go through the dojo, and then uh, they get shipped off for excursion. So it seems like we are in a great place with New Japan in terms of them bringing, uh, trying to give focus to the uh homegrown stars right tanahashi's getting older older naito's getting older um okada is doing something completely different um which is awesome angry okada is my fucking favorite thing ever when he told shota umino he said uh fuck you uh fucking that six man when they won when they won the belts like that's like a dream team those three that's yeah three dudes yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and, and they're bringing Moxley over there for Dominion, so that's going to be huge. And somebody else from the the B, the BCC. Probably. So, uh, Black Hole so, Combat Club. Is it going to be? Is it going to be Wheeler Yuta? No, I better not. It's got to be Danielson. It has yeah. to be Danielson. It's definitely going to be Wheeler. Only thing that <laughs> it's makes definitely going to be Wheeler Yuta and fucking I'll burn the house to Mox. the ground. Suji is back though. He is uh, in Lij. It seems like. So him, Shota, Umino, and Ren Narita seem to be like the new nucleus for New Japan. They're the young guys. They're not tearing it up and winning titles, but you can see in a couple of years they'll be in the same position as the Okada, Tanahashi, Naitos. So I, I know we, we have to go, I know, but I just, I, now that we're just like going down no, these rabbit holes. Play. You're good. Um, I, I think I might have a new favorite wrestler, Matt. All right, give it to me. I think his name might be David Finley. Oh my god! <laughs> the little, entire little, time at New Japan when we went, little little cow, little little little, little cow belly himself. Talk about donut hole. I, I like a little pouch belly pouch buddy, uh, David Finley. 
You're the worst bully club leader in history. Just shouting. He is. There's so much. I like fun. him. I like him. Well, fucking too sweet your asshole. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I just like him. I, I don't know. He looked for some reason. Is... Listen, I don't watch New Japan. So, like, when I watch it, I can only see what I see when I watch it. So, like, when I watched it, I was he's like, eyeing, oh, He's eyeing like your other guy. boy, Gabriel Kidd. He's got his eye on, right? He's... Gabriel Kidd. Yeah, he brought Clark Connors into the Bullet Club. Now he's yes. got his eyes on Gabe Kidd. Good shit. Look, he, uh, as much as I don't like David Finley, uh, he did what he said he was going to do. He brought a violent side to the Bullet Club, and Tomatonga had to be stretchered out of the arena. Uh, but ELP was having none of that, his big return after he got jumped out of the Bullet Club. So looks like they're going to face off uh, Dominion for the never open weight title. Man. Matt, how many, um, how many time limit draws have there been for the TV title? That was the first one. That was the first one, right? Yep. That's, that's probably why it was. It seemed like a really, uh, really big deal. Yep. Yep. It was good too. The match was good, man. Yep. The match was, was good. Great. Yep. Uh, I'm excited for uh, for that at Dominion as well. So we I'm all took, we all took a bath on that one, right? No, no. Someone I called went... a draw. Oh no, we all yeah, we all got the tie. It all just went to a tie. I'm okay. sorry. Gotcha. Although I did call it a draw on a uh, bread club. Uh. But uh, yeah, we all took that as a as a as a tie. Nice. All right, so Matt, I, if you don't mind, can I change lanes for a second? Sure. Because I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, Trinity Fatu's debut on Impact Wrestling and oh, her yeah. and um, immediate insertion into the main event of the the Knockouts Division for the World Championship. I don't know if you got to see that, Matt. I watched it. Kate, did you have a chance to check that out or no? I did, and I'm so happy for her. It's like the perfect spot. Because she's probably on, like, what, a six-month contract? That she's I don't gonna, know. Probably, like, a shorter contract, I would guess. She's probably going to do awesome work there. And the way Multiverse is set up, like, she could face Mercedes or something. Like, people were being weird about that being her new home. And I'm like, I think it's a great call because she's going to have so much freedom. She can get her feet wet against some really great talent and impact. She looked so um, electric. <laughs> it's just like at peace. Like yeah. she looked so happy and comfortable. And it, it just made me very happy to see. And the the lines that they, you know, her and then, uh, and then Deanna Perrazzo came out because so she dropped, because she, she dropped names and so uh, Deanna Perrazzo said, you can't walk out on this, like kind of shooting on the whole her and uh, Sasha walking out. And then uh, Trinity fired back saying, hey, well, you're going to wish you got, which actually kind of didn't really make sense to me at the time. Like, you're going to wish you got fired again. Like, you can't get fired. But, like, once you're fired, you're fired. Well, because she yeah. got fired in WWE. So she's that's saying, what I like, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm oh. going to beat your ass so bad that you're going to wish you were fired from here. Fired again, maybe from Impact. Okay, I get you. Um, but yeah, so I thought, and then Jordan Grace, uh, who I'm not gonna lie, I'm not trying to shame anybody, super uncomfortable to look at. Um, but the, the, the fact that the three of them are now in entangled in some awesome top tier talent for the women's division there is was really really cool, and it closed the show, which it should have, and it was awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like it. Fat Trinity makes a, she fits over there in the, the argue argue you could argue you could make a point that it might be the the best women's oh, division. To me, it, it to me it's hands down. It's I mean WWE is great. 
AEW is they're they're all great. There's so many great talents. Like you can't like how can you argue a division that has you know Becky Lynch and you know Bianca Belair and Io Sky and Asuka and then at the same time how can you argue like like Jamie Hader and and uh, you know uh, Britt Baker and uh, China, you can only uh, Jay Cargo. argue the booking. That's it. No, of course you can argue <laughs> the booking, but you can't argue the actual raw talent. And then you go to TNA or Impact, and you got Deanna Prazer. You got like freaking Jordan Grace. You have I, I could do with that. Like I, I think Rosemary is fantastic, and you have Masa, Masha, and you have now Jody Riots there. And, or Jody Threat. I'm sorry, Jody Threat. And, um, and keep an eye out on our OH because they're bolstering their women's division in Athena rules. So it's a good oh, time for yeah, women's wrestling. I'm obviously going to forget names when I'm just rallying them off, but there's the women in, in wrestling right now are freaking top notch. Hell yeah. So there it is. And this has been a top notch show. Special thanks to Tony's mom for joining us. Paul Loria is a great guest. Kate sitting in on fifth slash fourth mic for down the aisle. And then uh, we had to cover backlash um, next week. Bad luck. Fale is with us. Uh, Kevin has a top five next week uh, and uh, we will be back. Uh, please. If you watch this, you uh, listen to this, please rate review, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, tell your friends. Uh, it really helps the algorithm. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, let's go, Devils. Let's go, Devils. Good night, Gracie. Oh, you stupid. Good night, Diana. Bye.